episode 231 of the F-Reality Podcast. We've got a nice little spin-up of news for you today, and right for your ears. It's August already, so spray your cars, fellow Canadians. Get that Halloween outfit ordered, and get your wish lists off to old Santa Claus. 2024 isn't far off, so you can't be falling behind on your VR gaming. I'm sure you've got some something you've been neglecting, so get to it if you've not been on that already. And tell us in chat what you've been up to in our favorite world. Not reality. Fake reality. Today, here's some nibbles for your squibbles. Like Kirk said con, somebody said the F word. Our VR professionals show you how to exercise in Los Santos. There's also a new headset for work by Ray Charles. And Adam spouts about her augmented reality lifestyle. Is it all glitz and glam? After that, Jose is conducting the release train to give you something to toot about. And with that, and the show ahead of us, on to my esteemed co-hosts. You've had enough of Is It Cake? So how about Is It Bush? This living plant is also our champion globetrotter, sampling Belgian frites, London chips, and soon back home to our Canadian poutine. Voila, it's our man of the lab coat loincloth, son to proud parents, Gowdy and Rhonda. It's Rowdy. Hey, Rowdy. Hey. Yeah, I'm, I'm currently again in another uh, <laughs> country. <laughs> I want to say another city, but it's it's even worse. It's again another country. Uh, I'm spending a week still in London before uh, I'm going back all over to um, to uh, to Canada, to the land of, uh, of maple syrup uh, for sure. Um, but yeah, I know I've been great. I've had a, a wonderful time in Belgium. It's been a while, actually. It was like about like an hour, uh, about like a, I think two and a half years now that I've actually spent some, some good time there. So it was actually nice to be back. Uh, and that was kind of like funny as well that um, the time that I was back, apparently we had the worst amount of rainfall in one month. Oh. So the entire month that I was there, apparently. Uh, since 35 years wow oh, so just wow. pissing it so, down in belgium the whole time you were there yeah like just the entire time uh, <laughs> i've had i barely went outside <laughs> it was just raining like i mean we did we, i did go to the belgian coast with my parents for one day because we were like we're gonna have to do something and it's like <laughs> you know it's just a train ride and I, like, I like trains I'm, I'm the kind of person i love sitting in trains i, I love those like international train rides as well where you can just like I don't know the Oriental Express or you know the Trans-Canadian or like something like that like I I love that kind of stuff to do it's very expensive but uh, those are definitely on my bucket list all of them uh, and then uh, we just took a, a very small version of that to go to uh, the Belgian coast was storming outside <laughs> it was wind everywhere we like you know those pictures where people like try and like walk through the wind and they, yeah, their, yeah. their hair is all like messed up and like their coat is going everywhere that was basically us at the belgian coast for like uh wow for like two days um yeah that was uh, <laughs> that was pretty good uh, pretty curiosity good. have you ever played um derail sim derail valley this is a vr yes train simulator uh, yes. you played that years ago yeah because uh, I, I remember me trying to get run over by a train that's the only part that i remember of that game <laughs> of course it's like i wanted to know who worked it didn't really just went through. They brought in like weather systems, like lightning and stuff like that. Oh, really? Derail. Yeah, the new the, the game is like it's awesome now. Like they've they've updated it since you originally played it. It was it was cool. That it was like both like 
like god mode and first person mode yeah right? train that conduction simulator yeah, and yeah, you can yeah. kind of go outside yeah but it, fantastic easily the best train sim so i thought i was like yeah. oh that's maybe the thing but then real life would you take like the trans-siberian you know across russia or something or is that too far afield for you no i don't think anything is too far but i do want i do want in comfort i i'm not going to oh. you know with a backpack you know on little on a little train little thing not if i if i do that i want like the full experience you know oh. to, you know those like very old school trains like like they had a really cool one in um Return to Castle Wolfenstein, where you had that the, that train scene. I don't know if you remember if you played that game. Yeah, I had the Steelbook uh, for that game, but um, oh, I don't remember it. Half Life yeah, Alex I, just I, like pushed that scene out of my brain. All I can remember is trains. the fucking hobo car in, yeah. in Alex now. When I think of trains <laughs> and games. Yeah, no, I, I I I love trains that have a little bit of character. Yeah, for sure. But I do want that full experience. You know, I looked up the prices of those of those train rides, and they were like. Twelve to fifteen thousand dollars for like a, a a single person ticket, which is Jeez. quite expensive. I mean, it's not unattainable, uh, but still, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> quite expensive. Not cheap, not cheap. Well, that's good. Uh, well, you're certainly following the name of Globetrotter. Uh, anyway, Rowdy, it'll be good to have you back home in your Canadian nest at Hell some yeah. point soon. You know, glad to have it. And um, hopefully next next time. Lovely highlight from your beach experience. Uh, (laughs) Having lived in Scotland, I know exactly what that was like. So, you know, that used to be every beach holiday. So Exactly. uh, But it's nice you're uh, finally on your way home and get yourself nestled back in and get all your tech deployed. For sure. It'll feel good. Yeah. Excellent. Well, that's uh, that's Rowdy, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Temporary Rowdy and no finer ship captain that you'll find uh, than this one who's been chasing storms every podcast. She sets sail into the headwinds of broadcasting, bloody red hair whipping back in the salty winds, searching for what, you ask? Searching for loot chests, of course. Polly, want a cracker? Yarr! Well, here she is. It's Adam Bombadi. <laughs> a doing, white Adam? joke. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Slipped it in there. Sorry, Slipped it in there. <laughs> I, uh, it's been a fun week. I actually did try a couple of things in VR. Um, well, the first thing was we had some coworkers from Live uh, visit in LA for um, SIPA, SIPAGRAPH. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's a long, long acronym, bunch of tech VR, really nerdy stuff. So I, I passed on this one because it's I think it's beyond what mm. I would understand. But um, anyway, since they were in the LA area, we went to a two-bit circus, which is kind of like, it's an arcade, but they have um, it's a little more higher tech. And I say higher tech in that, like, these connects and stuff. <laughs> so I don't know. It's like they could, they could probably use an upgrade by now. But um, they do have uh, VR setups and some of their games. Like I said, they, they use connect uh, type stuff. So one of them was almost like, how do I describe it? It's like an like O shape where on the screen you see um, boxes coming at you and you have to sort of position your body and your arms and limbs and stuff uh, away from the blocks and it, it uses a connect to be able to tell where and the location you are. And so they have a bunch of stuff like that, just sprinkled arcade style um, throughout the, you know, the floor. <laughs> but they also had like, you know, the old Ghostbusters, uh, like what, 2015, 2017 <laughs> experience. <laughs> so I tried that for the first time just because I guess, why not? So could, could you What use kind a of experience of is that? Is that a... Oh, uh, it's the, there was a Ghostbusters um, like VR arcade experience that they oh. made where you just are like you know it's a i don't even want to call it, it's not really it doesn't really use 
space that much because it's so old, but you're just going in and doing ghostbustery things. It was very Meh. Maybe maybe it would have been more exciting then. Like what? Yeah, we what use Vive the... headset, Vive controller. Well, oh, I use okay. yeah, yeah, a yeah. controller and a gun, but you can't. There's no free roam, uh, so you you know. <laughs> but, in, but it's multiplayer. Right. Yeah. Okay. It's it, it's showing its age, but I had never tried it before, so I was like, oh okay. And then I was like, yeah, this is this showing its age. Um, but they did have uh, Quest Pros there, and I got to try the game. Was it at GDC that you the AR game that you tried without me the egg? Um, Oh, Eggscape? Yes, Eggscape. Yes, oh, I tried that one so with uh, my husband and some coworkers, and that was actually pretty fun. Like, it's a, yeah. a cute little platformer, and so I'm a little sad that we didn't get to play it together because that would have been a good, like, multiplayer experience. Um, but uh, besides that, I finally, I don't know, I felt just to do good VR reporting. I tried Roblox VR on the Quest. and Did ya? Rough. <laughs> uh, Did you know? Rough, as in lots of dogs. You got to pet the dog. <laughs> is that what you're saying? That would have been nice. That would have been nice, actually. But just the the UI is pretty bad. Even finding good maps to try that weren't janky. Even the ones that were VR specific, um, oh. or ones that were recommended, there were just still little weird things about them, or camera angles, or just controls or UI. I was like, maybe it's because it's newer on Quest, so nobody's really built specific even though there's been vr you know maps already i uh, i don't know i i didn't really have a good i'm like we have so much better than this why would you why would you downgrade your experience this way but okay, right, like maybe, why wouldn't you go play rec room or something like yeah, that, Is that what you mean? yeah right. yeah yeah so i mean maybe we just need time uh you know more but, people building and- and this is where I wanted to yeah, have a sword fight a little bit here, Adam, because um, <laughs> Roblox, like when I first looked at it, uh, my kids were moving from Minecraft to Roblox because some of their friends were into it. And the first thing I recognized about Roblox, this is Roblox on desktop before even tinkering with VR. And I was like, wow, the user interface is complete garbage. It looks like a like a mobile app store from 1995. And then kids are playing these games and the games themselves look kind of trashy or whatever. But that's just the look of it. The thing that I think I realized after some time was a lot of these games are made by teenagers or someone who's 20 or whatever, you know, and they just like they just it's like a game maker. Uh, it's very, very much a kid environment. And what I mean by that is it's like pure chunks of gameplay design in a game that looks pretty garbagey. Right. And then but there's some fun in there that you won't find elsewhere as a result, like whether it be a horror game or something like that. So. I think that, the, and that's that's the balancing act that Roblox needs to make is that some of the games they're there and they reward you as a player to putting to sinking more time into that game. You you character levels up, you unlock more pets, whatever the case is. But every game is different. So looking at it with that eye, the VR component, there's only one game really that I've seen um, that we've tinkered with in this house, and that was uh, VR Hands, I think is what they called it. It was where like the yes. kind of. Yes. So um, one like the VR players have have hands and they're able to pick other non VR players up and the other players are the size of ants and they're able to bring them between platforms and either help or hinder. You can chuck them across the map or smash them or whatever. And so kids have loads of fun with this, uh, having the power of a god amongst a sea of real people. Right. And that's that's kind of the juxtaposition for a kid. So I'm curious, like the VR interface, when you're saying that it's pretty rough, is it rough from the perspective of other VR interfaces or even if you were on, like, I'm curious if you've got any experience with the desktop version of um, Roblox or none at all. 
other VR interfaces because I think on, on a flat screen that might be okay, some of these, but like you have chat floating over your left eye at all times and it doesn't seem like there's a way to push it. So no matter where you're walking or turning, there's just a floating chat box that you can't really do anything with anyway, or, or at least I've never tried to click into it and see if I could type, but then why would I also want to do that if I have a microphone? Um, and then their little, the um, UI that you use to like exit the map or change yeah. settings, you, you can kind of lower it, but it's sort of, if you're looking anywhere near down, it's always in your field of vision. So it's just like, this floating boxes everywhere and I don't like it. I would just want to play the game. Wow. And it's, it's just a little <laughs> annoying like that. And I actually, I was super excited because I found out uh, the Primal Hunt guys, they actually have a Roblox map. And sadly, it doesn't seem like it's VR supported, but I will say it's really pretty. It's really, really good for a for a Roblox map. There was that one and then um, another one that was called Tunneler, which is kind of like portal-like, which I feel like were made by adults probably. But those actually, did uh. they did not look like Roblox games. They were pretty impressive. Um, I just... So a question: yeah. are, are, Were you uh, were you in like? Is there a capability for two and a half DVR? And what I mean is, like you would have in a headset, or maybe later when we're talking about Rokid, like you're staring at a flat screen, like like big screen, um, the, the big screen method in in Steam VR, where you're able to watch a two D screen through the headset, but play a, a Roblox map that's made for desktop. Or n no, you're talking about just playing those things on a computer screen. Uh. Well, I mean, the, are you talking about if there's a capability to be able to play the flat screen version in VR? The, the like, one that you just said was really pretty. How did you experience it? In, was in, it in a headset? In headset, yeah. Okay, in headset, but you said it wasn't VR enabled? Oh, well, yeah, Primal Hunt, well, because the controls, you could play it, but the controls, like, they didn't have threed off. So you have a bow in front of you, but it's just shooting, you know, if you're, if you're using the triggers, it's just shooting straight okay. ahead. You have no... Uh, you know, sense of movement, no control. So, so it kind of works, but it's not meant to work that way. So 2016 <laughs> VR, essentially. Yeah, back, back, yeah. back in the day before touch controls and all of that, right? Yeah. yeah. So. But it maybe makes sense, okay. especially for Primal Hunt, because they already have a quest game. So I don't know if they would want like kind of a free Roblox version. Then what's, you know, as much motivation to buy their game. But and it, yeah. it, they did a great job with the Roblox version. I was like, holy crap, I can't believe this is... Roblox and it's a free thing. Huh. I, I would actually go on the desktop and try that one again to, you know, have full mouse movement and, and whatnot. It's really good. So an interesting start to the dev kit, bit of rough. Some of the things you described are my personal hell. I hate HUD. Uh, a lot of people know that about me. I try to get HUD away from my life as much as possible. So uh, a lot of those things did sound uh, like you'd be, you know, it's like you have warts all over your screen. It's Hope just you awful. like chat in your left eye at all times because <laughs> yeah, it's there. No. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Text me back to that. There was this dinosaur game, um, Ark Survival Evolved, back in the day, which had the worst graphical experience I've ever had in a VR game. And, like, you know, where the, where the actual menu where you control options was illegible. It was so, like, aliased and small and just everything was terrible about it. So, look. Very early days for, for Roblox. Did you have to sideload this? Was it like a normal install? I believe it's on App, App, Lab. App Lab. Yep, just App yeah. Lab. And then you can't, okay. it's still in beta. So there's some things like you can't make an account in the headset. You have to make an account uh, like on browser, mobile or PC or whatever, and then link the code in headset to your account. And you can't, mm. I don't know, buy Robux in the, so there's a lot of like, Stuff that you can't quite do in the beta yet if you wanted to do these things. Did you did you buy any Robux? 
I did not. There was one map that was recommended, uh, but it cost Robux, and I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do the conversion. And only got V bucks. Right? Yeah, <laughs> <Got> V bucks. <laughs> Too many bucks. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just curious. That's a slippery slope. For any parent out there, you'll understand. Uh, some static in chat had said that you can turn the chat off, but it speaks to how bad that the UI is that it's not intuitive, uh, which is good. So that's good. You're able to turn it off. But also, again, because this is essentially cross-play, you're playing with desktop players and mixed, uh, I, I'd assume, a very small population of VR players at this time. Um, it's going to be an interesting time for maturity in that app. Uh, thanks for talking us through. Where, where do you stand on it then coming out of the experiences you did have, Adam? Uh, is it something people should check out or it's a train crash that's not even working worth looking at right uh, now? I think it needs time. I think some of the single player experiences um, are interesting, but like some of the other ones I tried because it's like server based, I couldn't even connect to a server or find people to play with. And these were the VR specific maps. So like there was a gorilla tag clone that I tried and there was one server open with two people, and as soon as I joined, they left. <laughs> so, so it was rough. So I think it just needs a little bit more time, um, you know, people to make maps that are maybe meant more for quests and quest controllers and for more people to just be using it or using the VR-specific stuff. I don't know. Or maybe it's like Ark Survival Evolved VR, and it just deserves to die. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Rowdy. Absolutely. Put an nail in it. Thanks, Adam, for that. It's good. I'm glad you're taking one for the team and checking that out. I did not feel so enthused myself. Um, well, this guy, he's back from the Rangers game, sobered up and ready to face reality. Oh, no, but do I see a blue screen of death? Fear not. The Reboot Imagine team are here, uh, whipping out OS kernel refreshers, Zam Tinglets and Pamboozles, Wazzlers and Shing Clockets. They've got magic ram sticks in their pockets. Head of the circuit board circus, center stage, out of out the ringleader steps, it's Jose. Yo, 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 what's up, you guys? I'm so happy to be back. Good and to have you. So, uh, unfortunately, I'm still in California. Uh, Adam, I didn't want to interrupt you, but yeah, SIGGRAPH was happening up, which was like the nerds gathering, you know what I mean? Um, very active uh, last week here in the West Coast for me. So a lot of meetings, a lot of conversations, a lot of hype. Um, I also got to use uh, Roblox and Adam's review on, on the experience of it all. Honestly, it was spot on. Um, the only thing I wanted to add on, on the whole Roblox thing is, you know, I'm a nerd. That the conversations that are happening behind the scenes, right? A lot of technical conversations, implementations. That's the real impact that Roblox is bringing on. And um, we're talking about a, a whole new world of, of conversations that are happening behind the scenes, right? Like, they're scary because, you know, we, we usually have them as like, we, we, we talk about them from a nefarious, scary way. But there's also the, the side of the, the cool, cold-hearted uh, nerds, right? Who are the actual ones that are doing these technologies, yeah. who are doing it with really cool and honestly uh, kind intentions, right? Where they're, they're talking about... A, the realities are that you can see and, and know age demographic in VR. You can know ethnicities in VR. There, there's going to be a lot of analytics that are scary, but we're going to enter an era of confident parental controls, right? The, 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 that's that's the, the cool part of it all. Like we're, we always often talk about experiences that kids can't have. Um, or shouldn't be having early on or, or be exposed to. And we're going to actually now find ways and mechanisms to actually really 
build those safe environments and and roblox uh yeah vr hands that's honestly the experience i spent the most and having conversations and, and hearing people interact we're seeing the beginning of social tools right and that's the that's those are the conversations that I was having at SIGGRAPH, right where these developers were talking about partnering with content creators because God hands it, it's a game where you're actually interacting with with them right they the idea you know we Resident Evil 7 and not to be crass right but the the the, the big lady everybody was like oh I want to be stopped by that giant lady in the game and, and, and all that stuff that's also happening with content creators right so now they're now they're, they're really are going to their favorite content creator and letting them be squashed like a bug right that's an inter a level of interaction that we've never <laughs> seen in video games before and, and and it's so exciting and 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 uh SIGGRAPH was kind of like the the i use it as a little like light in the darkest of tunnels right because there's so much stuff happening in our industry that you kind of have to like talk to the to the real builders the engineers and uh that for me has been such a uh i don't know like a a, a breath of fresh air for me right especially in a, in a long month working and building you often forget what an engineer is right and in a world where developers have taken over that there's so many amazing tools to build stuff we often forget who are the god makers right who are the ones who are building the the the, the actual platforms that developers come in and run and it's uh i am so amped and excited for this industry and i was doing everything in my power to just come and talk to you guys i was like i i, I must delay my flight anything possible that i can do to, to get on a call with you guys and express this share this energy with you guys well we like oh, it guys. we've we've, we've uh, missed it jose missed for sure guys. there's an energy you bring that uh is is very tangible <laughs> very tangible and for those wondering uh, he's 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 definitely on a shoestring and a tin can today. So if we happen to lose <laughs> Jose mid-show, he's got a yeah. flight this uh, this evening out away from uh, California. So bye bye California. This is, this is my internet lag right here. So this this breaks. Stop pulling yeah, let me it. stop messing with it. I will I will lose all internet. So keep it in yeah, the same position, this, this, like so you don't lose signal. This is the signal. latency right here. So I'm keeping the latency. It's not right. even plugged in. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez! Well, it's definitely oh, good having so. you back. So, uh, is it is it just a coincidence that um uh, that a bit of Roblox is is also what you wanted to highlight, or was Honestly, there anything else it, from? It, it, it's been a just been a the engineering feat. Uh, I'm just uh, this week is all about the mm -hmm. engineers, just building stuff. The, the creators, you know, the Roblox is a a, a mess, right? Um, and the reason that, that that I wanted to add on to it is because. We're seeing the, the 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 engine and the wheels being built for the cars, right? And now we're going to see really cool custom vehicles being built around that concept. Uh, you know, we you mentioned the, the Green Hell game with the three doff. The reason that that's happening is because they're building skeletal games for the body uh, mechanics that are being built for VR that are going to be shared across experiences. And we can probably talk about that a little later on on the topics, but we're starting to see announcements of independent body tracking that's outside of the game. So it's essentially like a, a skeletal system. We saw uh, a kind of an iteration of that with, uh, I can't believe I'm, I'm forgetting the name right now, and I feel terrible for it because it's a big VR game, but you can do custom avatars and they have different body sizes for specific uses. I forgot the yeah. name of the game. Uh, wow. Uh, the sequel. Yeah, I know what you're talking oh, um, about. 
Bone all that. Yes, Boneworks. So, uh, <laughs> so Boneworks, yeah, Bone so Lab? Boneworks kind of implemented something similar to that, where there's going to be different body sizes, and ba based on that, there's going to be different mechanics and different uh, feats uh, that come associated with that. There's going to be independent body sizes for VR games that kind of like just retrofit that, and that's what kind of Roblox is betting on that eventually that universal yeah. uh avatar archetype just comes in and now you can move the ball around and takes over the three off and then and it's mm -hmm. i i hope i hope that uh the roblox avatar does not <laughs> supersede i know this is you're talking more about the uh metaphoric foundation of avatar creation and control but the roblox avatar for those who haven't seen it is about if, if someone said go into unity and in 60 seconds, build me an avatar. Like, that's yeah. what the avatar looks like. It's just a cube person. And it's like, if someone, if someone flashed the, um, that embarrassing tweet from Zuckerberg from about, I don't know, three quarters of a year ago now with the, with the Parisian statue in the back of the Eiffel Tower, uh, and he had that horrible looking face and everyone's like in the VR industry is like embarrassed. That looks good compared to a Roblox avatar. So I, I, I just hope that the future for us does have, and we talked about this when we were talking about VRTO, some interchangeability between platforms. You know, in Roblox, I look a certain way, I look something else. It's like putting on your denims, to, you know, to go out with your buddies in the suit when you're working, that type of thing, right? So I'd love to see that interoperability between platforms come. But I'm, I'm quite yeah. excited about Roblox more formally stepping forward into this space. Uh, and like you said, it is about the engineering and the the platform building. But um, you mentioned something there about a custom car. What was that about? Yeah, no, I, I truly believe the conversations that I was having this week. You you know, you see the 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 building blocks of, of people who pay attention to the internet, right? A lot of things. One of the biggest important pillars of the internet is indexing. Um, Google's search indexer is one of the most important things for for internet adoption, for platform adoption, for growth and, and all that stuff. And that's what Roblox is introducing. The the, the uh, A lot of people don't realize is that Roblox implemented the first uh, iteration that I know of real ads on virtual worlds. Like the the the, the, the one that, huh. that Meta tried to talk about where they were talking about, you know, billboard ads in the virtual worlds. That was implemented by Roblox way before Meta started getting involved in the conversation. They already have the APIs, the integrations, the the, the world. This is a a strategic uh, partnership. This is we're seeing the the AdSense. Is that something that's still active, Jose? I I I haven't seen it myself firsthand. I'm not a so, Roblox player yeah. myself. I mean, my kids are. But is that something that's still installed kind of in the game? And mm -hmm. do you know, is it an active um, revenue it's, stream for It's not an for active Roblox? revenue stream. This partnership with Meta is what's going to enable that. Um, it's all based on server and the, the way that servers work. Uh, and I don't want to get too technical, but you got to pay the piper, right? So if you're an Amazon company, then you have to pay the Amazon servers. If you're running interoperability or server communications, then you have to pay the for those lanes, right? So partnering with Meta that has their own server environments, their own server lanes, they're building AdSense. They're building the, the ability to it. Uh, Roblox on their new uh, developers page, I, I'll post a link on the um on the podcast afterwards but there is a there is actually developer information about their ad uh pipelines for shared experiences how it's going to work um they also have a lot of data around yeah. it like hey they're they're working about their the, the the page is really insane but they talk about like distance between the eye 
and the ad, how long the, the, the gaze was looking at that ad, interactions, conversations that are triggered because they're looking at that ad. All of that data is being used. Um, Roblox has been building this for a very long time. Remember before VBox, there was Roblox. You know what I mean? Um, they there there's yeah. a lot of high money and mechanisms at play here that are yeah. This sounds like a few years ago when Meta launched the uh, VR advertisement and uh, everyone was like, no, thank you. <laughs> they backed That's off of Roblox it. Your your engine, right? You just said it yourself. How can a giant game and platform have such a lame and bad interface? Because all of the money and development and engineering is going behind the scenes. It's going into interoperability. It's going into the mechanics, the way the servers communicate. It's We're about to see within the next, based on the conversations that I'm having, the next six months, it's going to be all about, I hate saying it, but people are going to hate me for this, but it's going to be all about the metaverse. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I just want to clarify one thing there, though. Um, so, and I'll relate this to a very UK thing. There's a supermarket in the UK called Tesco. And Tesco have a branding, um, a very uh, kind of explicit branding approach to their premier products and their basic line products. It's very similar to like Amazon Basics, if I was to go to that, right? Stuff that looks cheap and is cheap. It's affordable, right? And, and so I feel like Roblox and their whole veneer is similar to that. It's not complicated. It's relatively to get into, easy to get into. It's easy to build for. Again, with relative ease, you need to know what you're doing still. Um, but I think it, it really sits well, particularly for younger you know, preteens and then aging up right through the kind of early to mid 20s. And I think that audience is great because loads of hours, lots of time. If we can get the hooks in there and that helps to pull VR up, then it's a matter of then just aging with that population because that population will be tomorrow's software engineers, will be tomorrow's architects, right, who build us there. And so all you really need is to ride this wave of, and it doesn't take very long, kids become adults very quickly. You know, that 10-year-old is a 20-year-old in only 10 years. So, um, and that's where I feel like we are right now with VR. And that's that's what this bet, this gamble, this foundation means to me, um, seeing it as it stands. And then you end up with somebody like the creator of Vertigo, right, running games or game studios and producing more. And then you have you know, competitor to Valve or something springing up because, to be honest, some of the studios out there have served their time. And to quote Rowdy, maybe it's time for them to pass on and die, <laughs> whether that be a Valve or a Blizzard or something else, you know, like those studios are there. Everyone dies. Everyone dies. What a cheery podcast. Ads and death. We've uh, we've started off down the right side. Well, that's the intro is nearly done. Uh, chat, thanks for uh, tuning in. Big thanks for coming to watch us live. Uh, if my cohorts don't get to your messages today, they'll keep their eyes on chat while we're going. But don't worry, if they manage to miss you, I will have them incinerated. It's my specialty. Uh, my name is Zim, and I like long podcasts and short walks on the beach. And my highlight this week is a Tea for God. So speaking about long walks, I put several kilometers into this lovely game. It's a game you can now get on Quest or on Steam VR and cast it to your headset if you've got a nice little wireless setup going. Uh, it's a game that puts you in a Dune-like universe heading off to kill the God Emperor. So you're kind of like an assassin dude who's, you know, cog in the machine who wants to take the machine down. 
Um, it's also got, and I gotta highlight this, it's got stick locomotion, so those of you with teeny tiny townhouses don't have to sit this one out. Uh, you can actually play this as well, which previous games that have been primarily location-based experiences that require quite a bit of room uh, have counted you out. Things like Space Pirate Arena, for example, which got all kinds of uh, feedback in the Fountain of Hate when that first launched as a free update, and I still can't believe how poorly we treated I Illusions, uh, the collective we. Um, but yeah, if you've got a field or a parking lot that you can pawn off at dusk, uh, then T for God is an unmissable roguelike gameplay. You get to befriend some robots, pick up perks along the way, uh, and just enjoy the freedom to roam in a non-Euclidean environment. Uh, folding space, procedural levels, uh, very quickly, and unlike most other VR games where you kind of maintain a sense of your orientation and space in that environment because you're not turning and twisting too much. This is a bit like, you know, where they where you're readying for a pinata and they put the mask on your eyes and they spin you in place and then they have you run at the pinata with a baseball bat, but accidentally you're hitting grandma and candy is still coming out. Um, so that's, that's tea for God. I went like seven hours into this last weekend and it was fantastic. Um, your weapons are upgradable like Borderlands style. So you're dropping some out and picking up new ones and comparing stats and all that kind of stuff. It's really a thrill to get lost in. Um, and for those who like hardcore experiences where like you die with one life, um, that's what I tried. My longest life was about two hours and 40 minutes, which was pretty long and about I think three kilometers walked in physical uh, physical terms, just meandering all around my space. Um, and I would say it's like equivalent to a very well-lit Cosmodred. So if you like what Cosmodred does and that it gives you a space station to explore, um, T for God does that with a bunch of different environments. And as you get past what I'll call the demo area, which is the um, rooms that are connected, enemies, guns, uh, you end up in a place that feels a lot like uh, Eye, Eye of the Temple, where you're traversing, you're moving around your room, you're getting down on your knees. I was even rolling around trying to avoid like electricity that was not behaving. Scientist Rowdy will say electricity isn't just like jet out and sit there like a hard piece of rebar. But, you know, the game takes uh, some of these things for granted. And uh, yeah, it was just it was really, really good. It was it's shocking in places you have, you know, uh, these pods that thunder down from the sky and robots pop out of them and they try to kill you and. You've got to be pretty quick and quick-witted to kind of survive through all of this. But the biggest perk I'd say out of all of it was highlighted to me when I showed the game off to a friend of the family who normally is the kind of like, and we all probably have this friend, who's like the 10-minute demo person, right? Like, I mean, this fella got sick even in PSVR 2 sitting on the couch, right? Like, like I'll try it, but probably not for me. Uh, this fella is actually an Index owner and user, but again, I would say kind of light on the hours in VR, and uh, put him into this, into T for God, and man, he, he ran it until the quest battery died. Like, he just kept going, and he's like, this is the best shit ever. Um, so anytime you get to introduce another person to a new experience, have them be entirely comfortable in it, have them be enthralled by it, and come out of it saying, oh yeah, I'm definitely buying a Quest 3, um, that's just like a win for me, because it's that enthusiasm, kind of like Jose, right? It's the bottle of fireflies. And anytime I feel that with VR, it's just like a special moment for me. So that was that was my particular highlight. Have, have any of you ever tried T for God? Like there's a demo that's been free. It's been out for a while. Uh, I'd I recommend you try it out. I just uh, got to find the space. <laughs> like you can try it into small space. <laughs> Are you claustrophobic would be my only question. No. Okay. Why? As long as you're 
Because in a small space, even in a smallish room, it can do it, like a long rectangle or, you know, take a hallway or something. Huh. Um, it can do it, but, like, you'll you'll step into a lift, uh, an elevator, that it feels like it's your coffin. Like, it's super, super tight. And, like, bars are closing in on you and all this kind of stuff. So ah. if you're claustrophobic, then, then limited space T for God probably isn't for you. But the cool thing is, and I found this out playing the game, you can play it in a 20 meter by 20 meter space, which is crazy. So I've got to go and play it outside somewhere because I fucking don't have that much space at home. But that's uh, that's a, that's a must buy for me. I, and I think the fact that they added joystick locomotion is great because if you're sitting in, you know, a small, uh, a small your kitchen somewhere in the middle of the Netherlands or something, um, you know, small space to to live and, and, and all that. Um you can still enjoy it. And it's it's got these like huge open areas and some really cool moving parts. I mean, I think last week I was talking about going to zero latency and having like a, a lift, for example, that was taking you up an elevation. Oh, yeah. I love when the arcade places do that. It's so cool. This does that all over the place. And um, as you move from level one to the next levels in the game, it does a lot of that. So if you if you played through the original demo a lot like I did and you got sick of it still try to for God it brings a whole circus of surprises um, which is very unlike I would say Eye of the Temple I think I spoiled itself does it, with the demo the demo was the, like enough of a taster Go yeah on. does does the movement then work kind of like Eye of the Temple where you're because like Eye of the Temple you feel like you're going places but you're actually just kind of going in a square sort of like within your play space yeah. like, but you don't feel like yeah it. that's right so here I was able in a large basement to get a four by three grid. So you're stepping from grid spot to grid spot, but it doesn't feel as grid centered as Eye of the Temple. So, for example, you have hallways that are like a snake, for example, that you're walking down. And so very quickly you lose your orientation of where you are in your room. And it's one of the best parts about the game. Um, but I think when you first step around a corner and you realize you look into a room that's not there, Right. And then you step into that space and then you're taking forks off of this place. And there's got it's got a really smart system where on the on the frame of every door, there's a little indicator that's blinking. And it says where uh, certain alien symbols are. And you have to learn what those symbols mean. And they kind of oh, no, uh, they change when you go to them. No, no, no. So that's what I'm saying. It resolves as you learn it in the game. So ah. you don't have to remember it in your human brain. Thank your God. human gray matter is safe, Adam, because I'm like you. I have a very short memory. Um, but then it will point you. It'll say, so walk through this door if you want to go north or walk through that door if you want to go south or east. And so oh. it's very easy to, to locate yourself. And as you explore the map, you come across points which allow you to expand on your map data so you can get the bearings of where you are, oh. know where you're going, pick a direction. And then very much like in Half-Life Alex, you're heading for the Citadel. You're heading for the kind of big tower. And how you get there is really neat as you get closer and closer. As I said, I've only gotten even maybe a third through the game. I gotta try um, this. But the robots, the only thing that I would say about the game before you go in, just to be careful of, it's incredibly phallic. There are there are good penis-shaped objects is everywhere. I don't know why. I asked the developer. I was like, was this intentional? Is this supposed to be like a... Adam is like, that's a plus. Yeah, what are you talking about? bring it on. <laughs> oh, my Lord. The developer's yeah. like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> Maybe the you're more the same things. Everything from stroking the little male dogs on their... Uh, their parts underneath to make him your friend to what? sucking down on the shield that has a... <laughs> 
penis looking thing that you're guzzling? I think you played a yeah. different version. Like, I think Sam just interacts with his games differently than all of us. <laughs> it's it's like, so bad, they're everywhere. That, that, that South Park episode where they, they have that bike. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. That's pretty much Zim. <laughs> yeah, that's me. That's just me every weekend. That's it. It's, I'm just a closet. I'm a, I'm a closet gamer of, of two varieties. Um, but yeah, T for God, you got to try check it out. I Definitely love, check it out. It's um, a fantastic I love game. You mentioned the, the the centering mechanic for the for the mapping orientation. I I don't I feel so bad because I don't remember the name, but I remember seeing a a a, a, a GDC talk about that specific mechanic, and they they it's it's um, the way they compare it is I don't know if you if any of you guys play you know little league baseball, but like. I remember there was like a like a training thing that they would do to see how dizzy a kid could get with the you know they would put like the, oh, they yeah. had their forehead on the ball and spin around to get dizzy. That's essentially what they're doing to you in the VR headset. They're the 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 the, yeah. the first. I think there's like a, a certain amount of time. I think it's like two minutes over a span of time. They figured out how to like have somebody completely lose their sense of like orientation by just making them do very specific movements. You can actually make a yeah. person in a like two and a half feet radius feel like they're like in a large Coliseum and actually suspend their mind by doing that. That's the part about this game, which I love because it's supposed to feel grand. And from its very opening, you feel like you, I mentioned Dune, Dune the film or book, right? Like it feels like that, just like seas of sand and then technology in the middle. That's uh, very much like when you see in the early star Wars, there's this, um, Jawa collector ship and you basically board one of these things and it almost looks like a Borg vessel. So I'm, I'm dropping all the nerd terms here specifically to act as a honeypot to grab the nerds and, you know, herald them into this experience, but it's great. It's great. And, um, yeah, 5% bonus. If you're gay, you'll love it. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. Oh my God. Dicks everywhere. Uh, but other, other than that, it's, it's great having friendly robots and enemy robots. Very and, uh, robots. there's a bit of a, an exciting part to it as well. Like death is just around the corner. So you got to fight for your life. Uh, and that's very exciting. So in places that even felt like to me, like Subnautica, where you're, you're gripping, gripping onto life, only barely surviving, getting to the next part. And, um, very strategically picking your upgrades as you go along the path. So you don't feel powerless. You feel very much feel empowered by your decision-making as you move through the world. And then it feels a little FTL in that sometimes that RNG God just shafts you uh, hard. <laughs> so we'll leave that at that. That was uh, Zim's highlight of the week. Thank you, chat, for all of the lovely messages <laughs> telling me to go see a therapist. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. We'll, we'll, we'll Let's get right on to that. So, uh, on to the newsreel. So, the um, uh, first thing up, you guys know I love reading VR news stories uh, all over the web, including Reddit, right? Reddit is my hot spot or my hot pot for uh, this kind of thing. So, imagine my frame of mind when I read this title last week. Just imagine what the author meant, okay? So, they said, this is the title of the Reddit post. I'm scared and don't know what to do. I think VR may have ruined my life. Okay. Read that again. I'm scared and don't know what to do. I think VR may have ruined my life. So before I, I go into it, I played a similar game as what you did earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Just slightly traumatized. Ch changed him, huh? Changed him. Changed um, him. <laughs> so what? What? He, so uh, Rowdy thinks uh, you know, this user had a particular life-changing moment. 
realization, perhaps? Adam, Jose, what do you think this person meant? I I can't comment. I already saw it on my my email list, so I know what this is about. (laughs) Okay, okay. Jose, give it a guess. I think it's... uh, I'm thinking maybe something with dopamine. Like, they they just... um, Dopamine addiction, I'm guessing that VR enabled. I think that's... Yeah, see, I thought it was going to be around that line. I thought it was going to be like, I've got too much of a high from this. You know, it's like a positive story. It wasn't, really. Okay, so uh, I'm going to give you a little a little update from them before I go through the text of the article. This is what they said, and this cues a big gulp from Zim. I'm 26, and the one game I played the most was Skyrim VR. So let's, before, with that as the background setting, let's go into the tale. I'm going to tell you the whole thing. A uh, couple of paragraphs, but here we go. Today I want to share something that's been haunting me for a while, and well, I could really, and I could really use your help. It's a deeply disturbing situation that's been affecting my life, and I don't know what to do. A few years ago, I was introduced to VR. Like many on this sub, I was excited about the potential for thrilling experiences in games. Little did I know that my journey into VR would lead me down an unexpected and distressing path. After some time using VR regularly, I began to notice a disturbing change in myself. Even when I take off the headset, I feel this eerie disconnection from reality. It's like I'm stuck in this perpetual state of disassociation, where I can't fully grasp what's real and what's not. It's unsettling, to say the least. I've tried everything I could think of to remedy this situation. I've taken breaks from VR, tried to engage in other activities, and looked for some comfort in the company of loved ones. Yet, this disassociation just won't go away. It's like I'm trapped in my own mind, struggling to find my way back to a sense of normalcy. It's been half a year now without me touching VR. I avoid it at all costs, and even conversations or news about this tech give me the chills. I also started therapy and I'm taking medication, but it doesn't seem to help much. I know that many people enjoy it without any issue, but for me, it's become a source of anxiety and confusion. I tried looking for posts about this and found a few, so I know I'm not alone in this, and I would concur. Um, so I'm reaching out to you all in the hope that there might be someone out there who have experience with similar or knows someone who has, and what have they done to make it better? Thank you from the bottom of my heart for taking time to read this and for any support you can provide. So that's it, lads, uh, lads and lasts. We've got, um, disassociation from VR. Um, and before I keep going on what Reddit thought, because Reddit often saves the day on these kinds of things, sweeping in with a helpful comment or two. Or the opposite, both of which are greatly entertaining <laughs> and educational. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Have you run across anybody who's had the same thing where, you know, VR has caused them to for some kind of semi-permanent or permanent uh, real world experience? Any of you had that? Uh, not to the extent where they're like taking therapy and medication, maybe briefly, like, you know, when when you're first really discovering VR and you're just so into it and you know, the time flies by and then you take it off and you get that kind of like sad, almost depressed feeling of like, oh, back to reality. Like you realize the lights are off on your house because you've been in the headset for so long. But I would say, I don't know, that's about as close as I've or mm. ever gotten. Like nothing this, even close. Yeah. Did, did this person like have that though? Like like that they were like really into the tech for like that period or not? Yeah, so they they went into it. Um, I there, there are a few comments from him later on. I he didn't say how heavy, how fast uh, he went into it. So don't know about that. And what, typically, what, yeah. I mean, what I would think is that it's not particularly to do with like 
VR specifically, because yeah. this could have happened if he was interested maybe in another tech or another kind of... Trains. Yeah, trains, for example, like building model trains or whatever, or uh, gaming, you know, like people who go really into, you know, a certain mm. type of game and kind of like lose that touch with reality a little bit. So I don't, I, I don't know, I don't think it's like specifically related to VR. And I also don't know, maybe you'll tell it later, if sure. he has had this kind of experience before with something else, because maybe he's just prone to that kind of yeah. kind of thing. And then, you know, having it now in VR, if he didn't discover VR, maybe he would have ended up doing something similar. Like it's an underlying thing kind of experience. VR See, I, I don't know. I understand the disassociation piece like it's and, and it I certainly had a piece of this back in 2014 early like in the first six months of VR I had something like this I described it to you Rowdy before the other two might not have heard it but uh, I was playing VR and then I would notice something about the focus in the headset at that time now that's DK2 so not the highest res headset or whatever um, but I would when I was driving I would get this like um yeah, lack of focus, inability to focus on, let's say, the car right in front of me. Like I couldn't. And that was more of an eye focus thing, but it would happen regularly for a couple of weeks. And then it just went away. Like it, I recovered from whatever that was. Um, but it was a kind of a weird after effect of having put so many hours into VR. And like, it's like my eyes were trying to relax when I wanted them to focus. Right. So that that's the way I would describe it. What about you, Jose? You, you've dealt with a lot of people who've been you know, I'd say new and in the location-based world, anyone who's claimed to have ill effects yeah. after stuff like I, this or any kind I, of I'm so glad that, that uh, um, at least my, my internet didn't completely drop me out. I felt like the, 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 the internet gods were trying to take me out from this conversation. I was like, not today. Um, I'm really glad I mentioned, um, I, I mentioned dopamine addiction earlier and, 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 and dopamine usually is referred to like a good thing, but too much dopamine can be a terrible thing. Um, VR truly enables the ability in, in Skyrim when you mentioned it, it it's a it's a sandbox right we a, a lot of a lot of people don't realize is we all yeah hold hold there one second but, uh Jose just while we're going apparently they're saying Jose's muted no sound no from him sounds. it may be related to yeah. how we pick up the okay. we hear you but they're, they're not, not hearing, hearing you so okay. we're just um, let me reconnect it's be, I think it's just hold no 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 stay stay okay. put Jose so because we hear you it will be related to how Adam picks up okay. your audio and we'll need to um maybe uh pick that up in a slightly okay. different way so we meant to take Jose off camera for a second uh but the audio isn't coming through so just hold your comments Absolutely. for a second I'll continue Adam see if you can try to engineer a way to pick up his audio uh, and we'll continue for a moment. So one of the things that um, Reddit have contributed to this person to try to help them out, which I thought would be interesting just to share here in case anyone runs into this in the future for themselves, um, was uh, someone someone says, it sounds like you're having a very similar dissociation issue to one I had from eating LSD too much. I honestly noticed VR had a similar effect when I first started using it. The good news is you'll feel normal again. Honestly, disassociated episode, uh, episodes aren't an uncommon thing for people in VR or not. Uh, a few things I would recommend. Um, and then he goes into a couple of points. The name really checks out here, by the way. Pan the Musical Goat sounds like somebody who might be on LSD. Uh, but in short, the tips were this. Don't hyper-focus because that exacerbates the issue. 
Uh, strenuous physical exercise helps to kind of bring you back into your body. Uh, do something for a friend helps take your mind off of yourself. Um, and then the final point, which uh, this 26-year-old has already said they're doing already, is consider you know some therapy, uh, which can which can help. So I thought I would just you know as I said talk about my own tale for a moment there, and uh, with that maybe we'll try to get Jose's comments again. He was just kind of starting off there when you guys weren't able to hear him. Okay. I tried refreshing the NDI, so maybe that'll help. Might do it. All right, Jose, give us a shot. Give us a test. I think he's not there at all. Well, no, yeah, no, I can't, I can't hear me either okay. now. Can you hear me okay? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Jose, reconnect if you can, and then we'll uh, just start just start speaking when you're back. Don't worry about cutting me, and we'll, uh, we'll go from there. So with that, um, one of the things I would... That they said we hear him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, are we joking? Affected oh, subs. God damn it. No, I, I heard him. Hear me okay? I heard him. Uh, okay. I hear you. Let's just see if chat hears you before we continue. <laughs> They're trying to censor me. And the reason I wanted to come up with the uh, with the dissociation thing, um, maybe we can see him as well there for a second. We'll see if that works. Right, I can try to turn his... Thanks for dealing. Uh, apparently, you, they can't hear him. It says D1360. Okay. Still no sound from Jose. So let's try re... Bringing him back video and audio, Adam, on okay. the original method. Video, All right, Jose, fire right. away. Yeah, man, the internet gods are trying to take me out. They're trying to censor me. But um, yeah, I want. I had a lot to say about this. Um, do, I, I mentioned dopamine addiction earlier, but uh, dopamine, you know, usually we think of it as a good thing. It, it can be a really, really bad thing of when you have too much and consume too much of it. The the uh, you mentioned Skyrim. Skyrim is a sandbox. We we there is a infatuation like um all the way down to the core of dna that we have an obsession with building things and creating things from our own um yeah zelda from the very Sorry. beginning like video <laughs> games have allowed us to to have a sense of control and ownership and now that we have the ability to kind of you know create perfect scenarios how we want to live them and how to experience them and now my internet is completely dropping again uh -oh. um can you guys still okay. hear me just, just replay yeah. that again, short and sweet, if you can, because we don't know how yeah, long no, it's going to take. Yeah, no, I said uh, cognitive hacking is actually something that's now being explored quite, uh, quite a bit, and it's ramping up, and it's because we now have the ability to. I'm telling you, I shouldn't be talking about this, guys. They don't want me to talk about this. Um, human life is valuable. If you, if you have the ability to offer something better than it, you lose the ability to find value in the random variables that we have no control over. Right. Yeah, um, exactly. And, and that's that, what, yeah. No, sorry. You can finish your thoughts. Sorry about that. Jose, I was, you got me. That Yeah. Cognitive, uh, the value of, of cognitive value is the fact that there are variables that we can't control. That's what makes life beautiful in a way. Right. And when you have the ability to override that specific uh, part of life, then you, there's no reason to find any value here. Um, it, it's just the reality we all, it's the same thing with using, you mentioned, I heard you guys talk about LSD consumption, LSD, you know, shuts down and overrides these senses and too much of it makes your body and your mind go like, why go back? Right. Why would it's, it's, it's not really an addiction. It's more like they double edged sword of something really good. Um, you kind of, it. Yeah. Well, I, I, I need to, I need to nuance here a little because this is like my field, uh, like really, like like dopamine is indeed involved in the reward center, but it's not the only neurotransmitter that is involved here. And 
there's some conflicting theories around whether it's actually specifically involved in uh, reward. It, it is considered sometimes to be a little bit like a pleasure chemical because it's released at moments where you have um, uh, high amounts of pleasure. Uh, but the, the, the thing with drugs is that, for example, when you have something like cocaine, um, that is, for example, I, I mean, I don't know exactly how much more potent it is than dopamine itself, but it's it's enormously like tenfold or whatever fold times more potent than than uh, than dopamine itself, and it, it it binds to the same kind of receptors and then induces that kind of like insane rush that you've never felt before, and that is why Psychology, people get addicted yeah. to that. So it's not specifically dopamine itself that is the problem, or even like question really like dopamine i know you have like high risk seekers and they might have like some kind of levels where, where like they seek those dopamine rushes um but I, I i'm not entirely convinced because dopamine is something that is produced by your own yeah. body uh, it is not something that it's you, the reward you take in you can take things that Correct. stimulate it's not the stimulation uh, i'm release. with you 100 it's not the stimulation itself that becomes addicting yeah. it's the reward the people i'm from miami right so think of Cocaine itself, the people that get addicted to cocaine, it's a very, it's wealthy and really hardworking people. And those are usually the ones, and the reason is that they get a reward, a psychological reward, because they're like, I can do a thousand things because I'm up 72 hours straight, right? So they they associate well, it's, it's, the... With, with, with cocaine, it's the opposite. Cocaine, cocaine binds specifically to yeah, receptors yeah. that but, then causes correct, that extreme rush. With dopamine, the actual the release of Correct. dopamine happens before Correct. the receival of it's of the, the reward, reward of doing something. So yeah, it's the anticipation of rewards. It's the oh, anticipation of rewards huh. that yeah. often triggers it's, it's, the release. It's, it's that Pavlov Pavlov's dog uh, kind well, of example. And and just to kind of <laughs> so the reason I wanted to bring this up was um, there are on occasion stories that you have of people who who run into problems with VR, right? And this is one that I thought was, it's a really interesting kind of edge case, but I have found more than one, uh, just like this, uh, the original poster. I mean, this is, uh, this is not something that's so rare. It ha I haven't seen other people suffer from it, but it's a rare case where people do disassociate from uh, reality having gone into VR. And I think the more that we get, um, I'll, I'll say convincing holodeck experiences, the more the people will turn up to, you know, turn into up characters and you're like, hey, I can just, or sorry, Wally uh, characters where you can just, dis, you know, disconnect your yourself from reality and be like, well, I'm just going to plug in here and I'm just going to stay jacked in. And that's, that's good enough for me. So I wanted to say that with that, as one article, which I'd read in the past week, I ran across uh, a personal problem and I wanted to apply VR to that problem. So some of you know, the keen of you who've been uh, paying close attention or have seen know that I've gone through a little bit of a ride myself recently. So first off, I got oh, a nasty venom and venomous spider bite on my foot. The foot swole up. I went on a course of antibiotics. So I was worried for sepsis or infection or all these kinds of things. And then just after last weekend, all of a sudden, um, and I still don't know what caused it, I got full body hives and it was like very uncomfortable. <laughs> um, Having hives everywhere is a problem. I'm going to show you here just to show you because I'm still recovering from it. But here we go. Here's oh, the oh, oh my god! Gross. It's literally. I mean, IV. my face. My face has uh, recovered, but oh. the rest of me uh, has absolutely not. And I'd love to sing, uh, you know, Johnny Cash's oh. "Ring of Fire" or something. But there are places that are 
still itching like crazy, which are gotta, a problem. You gotta stop playing <laughs> but... Tea for God that way, man. You see what happens? Like, <laughs> I remember growing up and I remember being told fable stories like, hey, if you play too much, you're gonna get like hair growing on your palms, you're gonna get all itchy. He, he definitely yeah, played man. a different he played, version. You, you of went that too game. far. He you definitely went too did. far, man. Too far. Too far. <laughs> Yeah, is there so any herpes? <laughs> what happens when you don't use protection? Yeah, man. Everybody, let that be a lesson yeah. to you. <laughs> so, yeah, but it's like, it, it, it's been all over. It started on my hands, you know, and I started seeing it coming out. And it was on my palms, uh, like like what you're saying, right? No hair grown there yet. but And that started to get very uncomfortable because I work a lot, you know, in my office and I'm typing away all the time. And when it's on, the, on your fingertips and stuff like that, it's, it's really not good. Um, but that to one side... I was going through quite a bit of discomfort and really like anyone who's had uh, say like chicken pox as a kid or whatever, you're like the itchy, the scratchy thing, like don't, don't scrape it, right? Like don't make it worse. Don't inflame it. It'll just, it just becomes a downward spiral. And so I was like one night I was like, I couldn't sleep at all. I was like every two hours I was up. I was like, I can't help myself. Took a cold shower. Nothing was helping. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try VR. I'm going to try VR. So I took my PSVR 2 and uh, put it on and, and laid down in a way that, you know, with pillows that it was comfortable to kind of lay that way. And man, I got some of the best sleep I've had in like a week um, because I it just I could totally disappear into this virtual space. I had headphones on, so it kind of deadened the, the sound as well. So I wasn't distracted and uh, just threw on kind of a, a, a jumper or a hoodie like this. Uh, so that I wasn't like physically touching anything. And yeah, I, I, I was able to kind of disconnect from myself. And it was some of the best VR for pain and discomfort medication that I've done for myself. Actually, commonly, I can't. When I feel sick, like sick to my stomach, I can't VR. I get simsickness because my brain's like, something's not right. And then I just, I can't. But this was, and this is why I'm mentioning it in case anyone else goes through the same thing. It was like the perfect application VR. I felt like I had magic medicine all of a sudden. And for a good probably 10 hours, I was able just to like uh, peace out into VR. And whether I was cognitive, awake or sleeping, sleeping was great. I slept solid block of like nine hours that way in my PSVR 2. And when I came to the next day, I just started to play VR games to keep my hands busy and keep my mind busy. And it worked great. It worked fantastic. I ended up yeah. playing uh, like 10 hours of Death Stranding, yes, which is a fantastic is. game, by the way. Loved I, it. I want to try that. Yeah. Well, sort of maybe with like the AR version, because mm -hmm. I really hate getting blood it drawn. It won't work. Uh, like I'm the kind of person oh. where it's like you oh, have I'm to saying. elevate my feet, yeah. but no, it won't it, work. It won't, so that's actually, that's actually really, really, I, I, I love, I love this because you're telling me this and it's, all I kept, kept thinking about playing back in my brain, it's like the human body is so incredible. Like the, our pain tolerance, the human body's pain tolerance is actually way higher than we think. It's the, you're cognitively looking at yourself getting injured, that your fight or flight, your instincts, you know, raise up. And that's what actually uh, you, your body focuses on the pain. So when you have your mind suspended right. on it, it's going to take a literal body cut to your bodies and for you to react to it because you're not looking at your body. So your body's essentially focused, your brain receptors are focused on what it knows and it can see. Um, if so, if I were to come to you and say, I'm about to hit you, you subconsciously are going to imagine a hit, your fight or flight instincts kick up, you're going to be waiting for that hit. So it's going to feel much more impactful because your body's you know spreading a lot of resources around in order to anticipate that hit. 
Um, yeah. This is actually um, has been been uh, pain management in VR are like hand in hand before when VR started being implemented to medical research, pain management is actually one of the oldest um, forms of VR in medical. Um, there, I forgot the, the research lab, but I remember seeing demos where they were treating um, uh, the ability, people that were regaining body functions and limb functionalities, and they would put their, their entire arm in buckets full of mm -hmm. ice and they will have a VR experience that will actually have you look like you're skiing. And they pretty much, they were realizing that these kids that normally would, yeah, it, it's, it's incredible stuff. And it's, yeah. It's it's twofold. So you have indeed, I mean, you, your nervous system consists out of two parts. You have your central nervous system and you have your peripheral nervous system. And the peripheral nervous system is actually the one that often is involved with reflexes. So for example, if you, step on a, on a on a nail or you you i know you hurt yourself before you realize that the pain is there your body has already reacted because it takes too long for it to travel all the way up to the brain register what has happened and then send the signal all the way back to the muscle to react to it for example if you, if you touch something hot before you actually realize this is hot your hand is already pulled away on the other side, your brain can also, even though it's aware of pain, can bite through that or it can convince itself to like deal with that kind of thing. And that's what you're describing with these like ice buckets. And it's also the reverse is phantom pains where you actually have people who don't have their hands will still feel pain. And to a further extreme, you can simulate extra limbs um, by uh, <laughs> making people aware of that. Uh, there's this yes. famous experiment where they they uh, they use the two hands and they go with a little uh, feather above it in order to like oh, yeah. simulate that extra limb and then they smash it with a hammer and the person experiences Have you that. Have done pain. that in VR? So I've there's like one. like the pain is a, is an entirely yeah. very complicated uh, kind of uh, thing. But and the, and the reason I wanted it. to bring this up, right, is I having heard this for years. Like we've covered it on podcast years ago as well. Um, is pain therapy or Again, helping to, you know, help people through tough times. And I can tell you, I really, really wanted, like when I was going through COVID um, or norovirus, like I really wanted VR to help me in those situations, but it never really could because I just couldn't use a headset in that moment because I was feeling nauseous. Um, and this is the first time, I think, that I've ever been able to successfully use it. And it really helped, it really helped a lot. And so... That's why I just wanted to bring my personal experience here. And it's actually thanks to the gentleman who posted on Reddit to say, hey, it disassociated me, you know, it like helped me unlock. And I'm like, that's what I'm looking for. Like, take me away from this plane of existence. I want to go somewhere else. So um, hopefully uh, it helps somebody at some point in your future, you know, because I always thought that one of VR's best use cases was to people who were sick, stuck in the god awful place that is like a, a hospital room, you know, with a bunch of people hacking, coughing, sick. You're sick. You're lonely. You're pulled away from your friends and family. You're in pain. Um, I mean, my God, all it takes is to watch one Spinal Tap, and you'll realize how how effective it would be just to be anywhere else when that type of thing is happening to you uh, in 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 real life. And and like Adam, I'm not a fan of needles, right? So I don't watch when someone goes and jabs a uh, needle into my arm and if I could put a VR headset in fact I, I've used it at the dentist I've used it for root canals and stuff I, br I brought an Oculus Go along and I'm like I'm going away and then I <laughs> put headphones on and I'm like just open my mouth do whatever you want to it just 
let me uh, zone out. Kind of like T for God. But anyway, <laughs> that's uh, we'll go from there. Let's move to the next pressing uh, news article. So uh, next up, and there's no beating around the bush for this one. Uh, we've covered Tilt 5 before, and I wanted to highlight a post from the CEO, Jerry Ellsworth. Can't keep a straight face, which I thought was deeply insightful and inspiring. <clears throat> uh, to quote Jerry, uh, she said, I'll ask Adam to bring this one up. <clears throat> Fuck! Uh, with four exclamation marks. And <laughs> so more than a week later, that's got 27,000 views. Uh, just Jerry's expression of uh, exclamation. Uh, it, my favorite response in this thread was from Ed Calloway, who or uh, Ed Calloway, who I've uh, who I've met here in uh, uh, Toronto, who, who did graphics work um, with I think it was ATI, and uh, labeled an old product called the Scream Body. I know we've all felt this at some point, just the need to scream into the ether. It's actually not that different from what we were just talking about, where you want to separate yourself from reality. This is more about grounding yourself and uh, just letting it out, right? But uh, man, that resonated with me because I've had that moment in my life a few times. I'm sure we all have. Uh, but then I came to know this product, the Scream Body. In short, it's a wearable soundproof chamber where you can scream in public into what looks like a pillow backpack that you wear on your front. Kind of like you were pregnant, right? Kind of hope there's no baby in there. Just, ah! <laughs> <laughs> You're in public. So you trying to baby? do that, like... <laughs> The Jeez. kicker about the Scream Body product is that it records your scream. <laughs> so as you're screaming into the void, it records you. And then when it's appropriate, you can squeeze the Scream Body and it'll <laughs> let the scream out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would just wait up until I next to like some old lady, you know, on the bus and I just go like, yeah. squeeze. <laughs> Barfing into a bag. Like, I don't know if I'd want to do that in public. People would probably be like, are you all right? <laughs> What's happening here? Oh, God. It's, it's just incredible. So it's perfect for if someone cuts you off in traffic or, you know, you miss your bus or something like that. But uh, it re removes the scream from those inappropriate moments. Like, you know, when your kid spills your chocolate milk or whatever uh, and, <laughs> and moves it to somewhere else. So I just thought that was a hilarious thing, obviously from the 90s or something like that. And uh, Jerry's exclamation reminded me of a wee story that I had. Uh, again, I was quite entrepreneurial in my young career and with a business buddy of mine back in London, where Rowdy's currently sitting on his global travels, we were planning to sell, we put together a, um, a company to sell flip-flops at nightclubs. Uh, we we're going to have college students hand them out, five quid for a, a bag with the Paris sandals in it, that then, you know, a lady coming out of the club feet just torn to shreds from high heels all night pop those into the bag flip-flop your way home and we're going to call them night crawlers and we were like super happy with this whole thing right like we were like yeah well, let's do it and then midway through one kind of we were just checking a bunch of stuff out looking for competition looking at pricing looking at asian uh manufacturers to get this thing uh marketable and my, my business partner does exactly like jerry and just across the call, the, the call at the time, I don't remember what we were using to speak. Um, and he just like, fuck, <laughs> like just as loud as it all. And I'm like, what? And he sends me a website and it was for Rollasol. It was a 20 pound, so much more upmarket product than ours. Really stylish, rollable flat 
for women that sat in a vending machine outside of clubs was already deployed to like six or seven different places. And we were like, well, there goes our business plan. We're dead in the water. Um, so so Jerry's, uh, Jerry's expletive will be echoing through my head for some time to come. But like what Jose was saying about, this place is about creators. It's about engineers. It's about entrepreneurs who have an idea, who put themselves through it. And for for 20 of the screams that they put into a bag, you get you get one refined product at the end of it, right? So keep screaming into bags, Don't keep scream screaming into, into bags, pillows, man. whatever the scream case may loud. be, let it out. Scream let it loud. Out. That's, you know, that's, that's, that's my advice. Scream really loud. They'll use a scream body. Like, that's what they want you to think. You know what I mean? Like, every single person running a business or, 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 or in that space, they're yelling just like that, just as loud. And, and and honestly, it's disingenuous. Be loud. Be angry. It's, I think that there's there's value to it. I think that the we we we're trying to paint engineers to be like these like really kind and mal mannered. You know, I I blame the Steve Jobs picture, the, the the Steve Jobs like carrying himself and the Wozniak. You know, like no, we're crazy. We're loud. We we you know we're we're chaotic. We're yelling. There, there's no, there's no, there's no pillow that can sustain a real engineer's scream. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> that is a quote for a t-shirt, Jose. That is beautiful. But yeah, so I, I love it. I love the realism. This is dragging us back to real life again and thought I would just bring you there. So let me pull you back into VR now uh, by spicing up your VR bedroom. Don't worry. There's nothing actually bedroom related here, but metaphorically speaking, I want to spice things up with some kinky new tricks, okay? How about, like we talked last time, I talked about going for a uh, bit of a splash at a local water park. What, why don't we just combine VR headsets uh, with the Splish and Splash ride? Oh, man. All right, so there's a video that Adam's about to show you uh, where um, it shows a German uh, water park with a waterproof 3 doff headset, <laughs> which takes you down a slide where you can't see Jack. God, water, water parks are scary enough as they are. Uh, the fear of drowning or whatever. But how, how would you like to have water coming at you? And pterodactyls, dinosaurs. How about a whole park full of creatures? Uh, well, you could do it now at um, Vigland Vatorides. And uh, enjoy the, the, the watery jungle world as you go down. For two euro a pop, uh, you get one of these returnable headsets, which has a really interesting feature, like a bowling ball return system. The VR headset at the bottom of the slide just comes back up this big, uh, this like... Um, what would you return call it? A uh, conveyor belt. Yeah, it's a conveyor belt driven return system. You pay your two quid and you get to amp up your water ride experience. What are you guys thoughts? No. Wait, why do you need to amp it up? Like no. it's already, it's already quite. Is it VR slide? Is that Germany? No, like, the, like it, it reminds me of those, you know, when you go to the amusement park and it's like this, um, it's like, you know, you can, Fly with the dinosaurs, like it's like a movie seat, and like you shake around yeah. a little bit. There's a screen in front of you in 3D. Oh. That's like what this is like the next level yeah, of. It, yeah, like. it's existed yeah. for a while. VR slide, they have zipline experiences. The problem with VR in a fast-paced physical vest, you know, being used as a, as a fast-moving vessel, you don't get to focus on the experience, right? So I've done the VR water slides. You mentioned I've done one. I, I think you are talking about VR slide. You mentioned pterodactyls. Yeah, what do you, yeah, what do you, you think, don't about see the what do you think about that? What do you think about that? You don't see one. them. You're, all you see is a brown blur because your headset, it, there's there's a there's a <laughs> physics versus speed reality, right? So the only way that they'll ever be able to deliver something like this and really make it viable is if they're using something like a big screen beyond. And yet that 
yeah, yeah like that goggles, form factor right? doesn't have a wireless gpu yet that can do that very well with the high quality so you're using large headsets so the momentum is yeah. shifting your 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 face you're like you're moving around so you don't really see anything you just see a lot of colors you do get to see a few things but by the moment that you focus on something you're already in the water so it's it, it's very yeah. hard to concentrate it's very hard to to make the experience long enough for you to gaze at something it's you know what i equate this to having not done it i feel like it's the multi-layering that some people try with you add vr and you add like psychedelics. So you add VR and alcohol, like get yourself drunk yeah. off your tits and then and then go into VR. And I, I think it's too much, like what Rowdy's saying, right? I think it's like, it's too much. There's too many variables to make it a focused experience for it to be impressive yeah. right now. Um, this does remind me, however, of a slightly different thing. Uh, before I go on to the thing it reminds me of, though, I have to highlight Mad Hatter, you just posted the funniest shit in, in, in chat. Said, in reality, they just spray you with a power washer while you sit stationary so, in a car yeah. tire. Yeah, that would be. It that does. might actually work. It's safer. That might work. People who right? want to go after those experiences tend to not be really good at understanding the senses that they're trying to manipulate. Uh, I think a really good example of this working a really good way is the jump. Uh, people when they put you in suspended in a parachute oh, yeah. and you're flying so that there's mechanisms I think that there are ways to do these experiences really well but they're very expensive because if you put yeah. somebody like say in a, in a suspended space and then they're moving around and now they're in the VR headset and that's giving you the cognitive you know yeah there's ways to hack the body there's just not everybody's good at it unfortunately like you have to yeah no yeah. slide and, and avert, yeah so this this reminds me of another slide, which we saw, and we covered this on the podcast with what, like five years ago, back in 2017, when the Shard was built in London, again, where Rowdy is sitting, uh, which is a large glass building at the at the very top, you could take a slide in an Oculus CV1, uh, the Oculus Rift, the original one, and you're essentially on a slick board. So it feels like you're sitting and again, you're already aware that you're at the top of a skyscraper, but now you're sitting on a curved table, a curved piece of wood and feel like you're slipping around. So there's the fear of Which heights coupled with what looks like an exterior to the building wooden slide that goes around the shard in kind of a spiral, uh, which to me at the time looked kind of silly, a bit gimmicky, right? But obviously the people who tried it were like uh, quite excited by the idea again it's kind of it's a three-off experience you're doing it i don't think we're quite there yet but like what jose is saying there is something to this there is something to this trick of like trick the human into exciting experience like ricky's plank experience right that's another example yeah. of one which works very well in that yeah. combination of yeah. real and virtual um the efteling i think yeah. had one as well it used to be one of nathy's favorite tales um for example which is another park ride that, and it's that, also that's, important that's that i wanted to, one little thing i want to add is remember what virtual reality truly means right but when we think of virtual reality we always immediately think of goggles virtual reality is that you're you're physically seeing something that's not real that's virtually enhanced that you're you you're suspended um a really good virtual water slide is one without a headset the moment that you that you a dark and there's a uh, there's a company I don't I I'm afraid of mentioning them because I don't know if they announced this publicly yet but there is a water slide that's being built in the U.S. Mm. and they're doing similar concept it's a dark tunnel esque uh, kind of situation where the actual 
tube itself are screen panels running in virtual and creating virtual that's cool. and they're using body tracking Ooh, that makes that, way more sense yeah. exactly. it's like a roller coaster physical head yeah. tracking through the water slide to determine positioning and that's allowing to enhance uh things Ooh. i can how the fact does that oh, work man. hang on hang on i'm, I'm gonna play no. this back to you led screens yeah. Sur that are somehow waterproofed surrounding the tube that you're sliding through, otherwise yeah. a dark tunnel. So if they ever have a power outage, I'm not going for through yeah. that second tube. Um, and then, and then, so you got water and the rider going through, but they're tracking no, the not head. Not the head itself. They're tracking what, a device that you're wearing? And they're using the track everybody to know where, the, your where your head is, right? Because it's a fast moving, uh, you're, you're moving really fast, so they can only know where you are through the ride. It, it, why didn't need to track your hat? They exactly. just need to know, they know your position, where your position right? is, and they determine based on where your uh, your body length. They know where your head will be, so they they essentially are the best way to describe it. I have a, a glass cup. I guess when you're sliding down, it will have it will know where to project based on where you're moving. So it's actually moving right because yeah. if you're short, you're going to have higher sides as opposed yeah. to they're, if you're tall, it's the sides will be less space. It just they're 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 okay. adding it sounds like a very easy problem because the only thing you need is like a like a laser system to know where it's the position is and then just where the laser can ends. do it really well it is because they're oh man I, i'm really afraid of talking too much about this stuff but the the best way to <laughs> describe right. i don't care it's engineering at the end of the day it's uh it's cool stuff like <laughs> So it's the same thing as a touchpad, like a trackpad on a key, uh, on a computer, where it knows based mm. on that. So yeah. they're using that pressure to know where you are at all times, and then they're using a projector to like pretty much positioning the entire. It's a uh, I, I. It's gonna look rad. Oh man! man. <laughs> you got too excited. I think we lost. He got too excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they found out he was talking about yeah. it. Cut him off. <laughs> they, they got him. You, I, they're after me. I got to stop talking. I am no longer. I think, Jose, because you're frozen at the moment, so just hold a second. Adam will refresh you and hopefully can yeah, bring you back. Go, uh, um, with yeah. that, I'm going to move on just a little bit. So, uh, so how if you if, if water's not your thing, right? Like, how about cycling? There was a really fun showcase, uh, again, just last week where um, combining a, an exercise bike, Grand Theft Auto 5, um, there's, there's a Redditor named Weston uh, who was taking rides around Los Santos, the world of GTA 5. He's got an Xbox controller on the handlebars, a modded version of GTA 5, the Luke Ross mod, and like you do in Happy Run, he's just pedaling away, looking where you're going up these mountain dirt tracks. Uh, I mean, what a good way to exercise in your headset, honestly, as you're as you're kind of going this way. Um, so Adam will get a chance to run that video. Looks like we've got Jose back, so you're free to speak again, sir. Uh -huh. But yes. Los Santos on an exercise bike. There we go. I love it. Yeah, that's crazy. Yes. I love this kind of thing. I actually, I like. I'm one of those guys who, back in the day, Adam reminded me of Connect. Um, I remember the Wii Fit balance board where you um i think there was a side app where you weren't using the balance board but you were jogging in place with a controller in your pocket and you would jog around an island and all these little wii characters and your family members or whatever who you'd set up with with uh wii avatars whatever they were called uh would be jogging alongside you and you'd be running away running away um 
I think it's, this this video is a little bit naughty in that there's no real in-game tracking. He's got a controller just out of the camera mm. view. It's going so way he's... too fast as well. And no <laughs> yeah. radio physics. Yeah, there's no direct um, connection here. Now, there used to be a thing, and there used to be um, virtual pelotons actually done back in my day of Twitch, because people would look up virtual reality cycling, and that was those. And then they'd run across me, and they'd be like, hey, I just came from so-and-so's stream. So that used to be a big deal back in back in Twitch. But I used to love the Wii jogging, and I used to think that that would fit really well for VR um, until I saw it mocked up and actually tried it out. Um, and, and the closest thing I would say is a game called Happy Run, which is another video which I, I fed to Adam for your pleasure. For those who don't know Happy Run, it is a somewhat questionable app in that um, you're jogging through a forest and the speed of your jog is controlled by how quickly the headset is flopping up and down on your face. And let me just tell you now, if it's not really strapped to your head, it's not the most comfortable of experiences because the headset will flop off and thwack you in the face again and again. Um, so that's a lovely motion. But I would imagine something like Big Screen Beyond would solve this problem because, again, it's like swimming goggles strapped to your face. The, the questionable part about Happy Run was, at the time, was you're chasing a lady. And this just seems wrong, right? You're like chasing a lady down this dirt track and like you're trying to catch up to her and you're running through a forest. It's just all very questionable. I don't know what the yeah, devil's really thinking with that. I thought have you, jogging have alone would have just been fine. The, there's, a, there's like a prank meme video of a guy exercising wearing like a Jason mask. And he's like, you, he's like, he has like a knife attached to an angle. Like, that's what it reminded me when you said that. Um, Verzoom, um, yeah. I think it's a good. Yes. Uh, Verzoom or, Verzoom? I was going to yeah, mention that. that. They do a great they job. They do a really it. good job. Yeah, yeah. I truly believe that uh, VR it paired with like exercise equipment it's the same thing that we were just discussing that the human body has to be figured out i truly believe that yeah. the best example of 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 exercise equipment paired with um and we're going to talk about those later but like the rokin or the x-real are a really good device for that because now you have a 2d screen floating anywhere in your peripheral and now you can focus on mm. your exercise and do what people do with you know watching their ipad movie or playing the game how the, the guy was doing with the exercise bike i think there's better devices for that because of your head momentum yeah I've tried a couple of the like exercise bike or rowing running equivalents. And I, I do like, I think out of all of them, VZ fit seem to track the best because they, you attach uh, like a cadence yes. sensor to your bike pedal. So it, it can match the actual speed that you're pedaling and it uses Maps, Google earth. Yeah. So you can literally just, it, it uses street view. So it really depends on the quality of what the, you know, the street view looks <laughs> like so at that time, but they have, they have like uh, not fake maps, but like 3D, like their own uh, environments that you can put yourself into if you don't want to use um, um, Google. Yeah, Google I remember that. There were some weird ones with VZ Fit. Like I was, um, it was either running or cycling and like driving in a Pachi helicopter through a <laughs> oh, canyon. Oh yeah, the, like, they had some... like a game version where you can like. There's like a yep. another one where you can drive tanks with the while you're pedaling, and that equates to you know your movements and other stuff. I forget. It's, a, it's like I want to like that them. stuff. I really want to, I like, I want us to break through that very uncanny Valley barrier of it not being good enough yet so that I can actually exercise that way because I still think that that would help. I tend, I tend to not like repetitive stuff. So, you know, just sitting on an exercise bike at the gym, listening to beats is not my kind of fun. Like I need to go out and, 
if I'm going to do running, I'm going to run on a track or run up a mountain or something like that, right? It can't just be the same goddamn track every single day. I, I just can't do that. And standing on a same thing with like running on a treadmill. So, um, yeah, I hope I hope I hope we solve that at some point. But they all seem they almost seem like medical electronics. They're like ten years behind the all the software that that works on that stuff. So I look forward to that catching up. And someone made a comment about having um having um. Uh, haptic vests and stuff sitting around unused. I am not like that. I, I use all my haptic equipment. Um, gun stocks maybe sit on the side, but man, all my haptic gear is in use almost every single day of my life. <laughs> so I love that. I love that equipment. Um, but there's more we'll come to. Speaking of stuff that's gathering dust, good segue. Ryan McCaffrey is the executive editor of Previews at IGN. If you don't know IGN, they're a site that's been for many years now covering reviews, video game releases, game announcements, big old website. Um, and uh, Ryan's been with the company since 2012. Uh, well, this week he spoke out against the PSVR 2, which led to some fiery backlash from the community. Uh, would you mind reading uh, out Ryan's tweet, Adam? I massively regret the $597, including tax, that I spent on the PSVR 2. I love great uh, I love great VR game experiences, and I was so excited that Sony was doubling down with a truly powerful second-gen headset, but they burned me. There are no games. It already feels dead. Look at the layer of dust. Look at it. The, the layer, the layer <laughs> of dust it. is... is uh, it's a very, that's a couple of weeks layer of dust. That's, that's like I didn't dust my headset layer. Maybe but. it's just a very dirty person. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. It could be. What do, what do you think? So I, I know we've just dropped Jose. Maybe he'll be back. Maybe not. Um, Adam, how's your how's your PSVR doing? I, so I admit that I haven't been using it as much, but I don't blame the PlayStation. It's 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 not you. It's me. It, like I just haven't had the time for much VR so in general. Dust. <laughs> so maybe not that much dust. Like I actually take care of my stuff pretty well, but, but um, it's still mostly been just daily quest stuff for me. So if anything, you know, like a workout app and, and Nowntown still doing that. So like the bare minimum, uh, not necessarily the fun apps, but again, not, I wouldn't blame the PlayStation on that. I just blame lack of time personally, but yeah. Yeah. I mean like, and, and these kinds of posts, they, 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 the immediate thing is to have emotional reaction to them. Go, Oh, you don't know F and anything or whatever. The second thing is to reflect and go like, Oh yeah, my headset's got a little dust on it. And um, maybe the third thing is just to kind of combine the two. So for me, on this being a PSVR 2 owner, I think the library is, okay, the library is big. There's a big library now. In terms of what I want to play, it's probably 20% of that. Um, but there are a lot of games out that are out and coming out um, that I'm really keen on playing. But like you, Adam, I'm like, I just don't necessarily get the time to play with a toy that I want to be playing with. And so one of the things that I think we as gamers tend to do is compare our gaming systems and VR kind of looks like a gaming system, like an Xbox or a PlayStation, but the activation energy to go and get into that is quite a bit more, right? You got to charge your controllers or, you know, dust off the headset, scrub the lenses, Check get yourself bugs. set up, maybe turn the system on, check for feckin' spiders. <laughs> yeah. If I, if I was going into that headset, I would make sure there were no, there was nothing living inside of it. Um, but that does that does do something to how frequent you go into it. For me, like VR is a more serious affair. If I'm going in, I'm going in for four hours. Like that's typically how I calendar it. And um, for me, looking forward to stuff coming up, 
I mean, I think I think PSVR 2 is totally fine. I think Ryan's gone a little bit tweet heavy with this post2x.com or whatever we're calling it these <laughs> days. Um, but aside from being a little overzealous and previously being like thrilled with like Gran Turismo and other games that he's talked about just like four or five months ago, I think Sony's been doing a very good job. They seem to be selling still well. The library seems healthy to me, and there's games coming which are really worth touching. So, so things I mean, that I was going to mention. Go on, the, Roddy. The, you there is in? a, I mean, there is a truth to it, of course, that like a lot of people were, I mean, yeah. from what I saw on, on, on Twitter and the news sites was like PSVR was going to save VR, you know, was going to be the one, the, the new system everyone's going to flock to. And like living up to that promise is probably, was probably yeah. not realistic from the beginning. Um, I think uh, I, I think they came out with a, a few very strong titles, but we shouldn't forget that this is still an accessory to their main device. You know, like their main device is still going to be their focus. That is what needs to work for them. And if it works with VR as well, you know, there will be good titles coming. There are good titles coming. There did there were good titles out as well, but it's not going to be the same kind of push that you see with like the the PlayStation releases. Yeah. You know, it's it's still an accessory device. There will be good titles coming. There were good titles out there, but it's not going to be that constant stream of big developers working on the next big thing for PSVR, I think. I, I just think that people right. need to be a little bit more realistic in the expectations that they set out. I don't know how many million devices that they sold now, but you can't compare that to the the amount of devices of uh, of PlayStation or of Xbox that they sold. So right, and I, I suspect Sony will continue to keep those numbers to their chest, and news sites will still muse at what that number might be. It's kind of contrary to what you know Steam does, kind of opening the books, so to speak. Actually, even Meta are pretty open when it comes to some of their statistics. Certainly, the more successful ones. Um, so we don't know where they're standing, but I, I like that you've taken us back. Uh, six to nine months to that kind of celebratory canon. We've certainly had a lot of people upping it, hyping it. Could be the you know the 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 white stallion of 2023 PSVR two, you know, riding in on that horse to save the day. Um, I think that that for the titles that they landed with, um, certainly Resident Evil, Gran Turismo, and Horizon, just that those three kind of heavy hitters. For me, that's enough for 2023 for what it is. Like in the end of the day, like you say, it's an expensive niche uh, accessory for a for a console and they're they need to focus on their breadwinners right um so the fact that they're putting as much into it as they are i'm very hap happy about and i think as we were coming into february we were aware that like this could be make or break for sony's interest in vr so it's important that we like put some uh put some spirit into it maybe just don't tear them down at the first hurdle and unfortunately i think ryan's comment is a little bit of maybe a little premature um is, is, is my personal opinion. I'd like to see what they do for the rest of the year. I also agree with you, Rowdy, that um, we need to, you know, temper our expectations about what, what they're going to do in terms of the heavy hitting titles. Now, if we talk about the kind of B players or C players, there's a few things coming out that are worth knowing about. What just launched uh, kind of for people who like Tony Hawk Pro Skater, there's Skater VR, which was previously a, a, a PC VR title has come out to the headset. Uh, Ven VR is coming. That's one that I'd like uh, Adam to show the trailer for. We've got Firewall Ultra, which is the reason that I bought my PlayStation. I think it's going to be a big disappointment. I'll be honest. I'm I, I, The feeling I've got from it is that it'll feel like a sugar-coated PSVR 1 title, and I won't like that vibe once I get to it, is my sense, and I think that's why they're keeping the game cheap. Um, 
Vertigo 2 is coming at some time later as well. So a game that's been done very well on, on PC, and I'm glad I've held off to play it on PSVR 2 because I love the headset, the hardware, and all that. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I understand that the PSVR 2 also is one of these Marmite headsets. It's not for everybody. It doesn't feel comfortable for everyone. It's quite a high price point. If you already own a Quest or an Index, hard to justify a second uh, device that at this moment, it feels like 70% of the titles are somewhere else, right? And you probably already already, played somewhere else and are re-releases. I will say- So that's tough. Like there's some games that I hadn't happened to purchase on like Steam or whatnot that I'm like, oh, okay. Like, uh, uh, was it Wanderer, right? That we were talking about? (laughs) Tentacular? I have no, I have that on all platforms. Don't worry, I'm covered. (laughs) Did you really? (laughs) Oh my God. uh, You sick lass. Oh Jesus. (laughs) What was it? Yeah, Wanderer, right? I think that's the one where they were going to add eye tracking to the PSVR 2 version. Um, and yeah. even Song of the Smoke, I believe, right? The prehistoric survival game. I had never tried that, Beautiful. but I love survival games. So I still haven't given that a shot. Again, not be, not the PlayStation's fault, not the game's fault, just a you know me problem. But um, there are some titles that I just have on the backlog. Uh, again, not big like Spider-Man, Grand Theft Auto, you know, big hunk of a uh, development, what you call it, titles. But still stuff that I'm like, yeah, this is my, my genre that I would play. Um, but... It's, it's interesting you mention that because I think that's something that VR still needs to grow a lot in, like the accessibility to a game. Um, like, cause like Zim said as well, like it's so much more of an, of an investment to pick up a headset, put on a game and start playing a game, uh, even more if you're recording it, because it's just yeah. like so much more investment, not even talking about the, the physical aspect yet of it, but like just like getting everything in order for you to start the game is sometimes too big of a hurdle yeah uh compared to like you know a triple a title that has you know developers just on you know making sure people get into the game as easy as possible um and that is i think something that some developers do really well but uh that is something that vr still needs to grow in as a as a medium i think in general yeah the other thing i would say is and um this this might um move us move us kind of nicely on is for me when i was talking about um the experiences I had with PSVR 2, using it as a kind of a pain medicator, right? Like moving me away from my current experience. Man, I'm using more and more that uh, cinematic mode where I've just got a 120 hertz display with high dynamic range. Um, And in titles like what I've been playing recently, it really makes it pop and fluid in contrast to my somewhat aging LCD panel TV. You know, I don't have a modern OLED with beautiful blacks and stuff like that as my television. So the PSVR 2 and being able to play on the couch, for example, aside my kids playing a game and I could disappear into headphones and a headset and a massive widescreen TV and play VR away and still keep an eye on, you know, the kids and the puppy and stuff every so often. Just press a button and there's a spider trying to come get me. Please go away now. No, I've had enough of spiders in the last week. What is it with you and spiders? And I can don't know. Spiders in. Spiders in. I'm just trying to get superpowers is all, Adam. I'm trying to live up to buy. <laughs> How's that going for you? <laughs> yeah, not great. <laughs> I'm Leopard Man today. Um, so so that's, that's really like PSVR 2, current commentary. I mean, VR at the moment is, again, from my, by my measurement, still healthy, still got titles coming out, still got developers putting into it. But if I was a business owner, um, particularly a studio owner, 
I think it's a tough time to be releasing VR games. Like, find your niche. Um, success or failure, it just feels like it's a dice roll uh, right now. Now, in VR, it has been that way all along to some extent, but we are seeing some developers make changes uh, and kind of sway along with the industry as it ebbs and flows. One of the changes that's coming is Grapple Tournament, which is a title we played uh, not too long ago, probably three, maybe four years ago. Feels like it was more recently than that. Uh, but they recently announced that they're going to move to free-to-play. Uh, so it's a it's a survival tactic, in my opinion, for studios, right? And uh, hopefully it will allow more players to get an introduction to that game, those game mechanics where you have very much grappling hook, you know, combat with a fast-paced shooter, very much like, um, what was that Hyper Rail game before Breachers that Triangle Studio worked uh, on? I don't know, it's going to drive me crazy. I don't, I don't remember, but I know what you're talking about. Hyper something. Yeah, I, I, I'm Dash? forgetting the full no. name of it. Hyper, Hyperdash? No, no. Yeah, Hyperdash. Yeah? Okay. Hyperdash. It sounds too yeah, generic, that's a, that's but a, I'm like suspicious. <laughs> it does sound generic, but that's, yeah, Hyperdash. And of course, we had things like, you know, Gorilla Tag, Rec Room, other games that had started off with a with a free freemium model. Um, and I feel like this is a one-way street. Like once you turn on the free-to-play, like that's you and your IP stuck to free-to-play probably from that point forward. Obviously, we saw it there with uh, other Battle Royale type games that we saw. And uh, it, as I said, it's, it's a survival mechanic. But right now... I think it's about it's about survival, like going after multiplayer only VR games. That's it's always been tough. Um, there's one that's thriving, uh, which is Ghosts of Tabor. Um, so recently, Combat Waffle, the studio behind Tabor, uh, said that they topped three million dollars in sales on App Lab alone. Um, App Lab is a force to be reckoned with. It's not even storefront. Um, you can get to App Lab titles through the search bar, which is great. That, that helps to advertise a little bit. But largely speaking, those store pages have to be sent by the developer to their audience for them to be able to reach even the store page. I think the basic message that they had sent with the uh, with the development uh, focus article, putting them in the spotlight, is test your game with your audience early. They had early alphas and betas with their audience involved, took feedback, and kept that healthy game loop of listen to your audience develop release, right? All a very kind of strong, agile workflow. Um, and, and then allowed word of mouth to spread uh, a game that, um, again, looked and felt very similar to some popular flat games. So that was Ghost of Tabor and their recent success in the industry. I also wanted us to deep dive into the current market share by headset. So Steam stats have been interesting all along the way, tracking the VR journey. They changed a little bit about how VR games show, uh, but one of the stats here that's kind of incredible for those who are Index users out there, uh, for the first time ever, Index has crossed 20%. That's one-fifth of the market share of the environment. Two-fifths go to Quest 2 at the moment at 41%. Index sitting there just above 20 Rift S, love the headset, inside-out cabled headset, 11.8% is next in line. Then Vive, people are still using the original Vive at 6.2%. gets the hand-me-downs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, why not? It's a, it's a healthy headset. Then the Rift, the CV1, 5.6%. Windows Mixed Reality is still hanging on to a healthy portion at 5.5%. This is the one that's most surprising to me. The original Quest is only, it's less than 2%. It's 1.9% for the Quest 1. Nearly a dead headset. And as we're heading out to September, where a bunch of developers are saying, no way, Jose, no way, Jose, to um, uh, to the Quest and dropping support after September, 
uh, Quest is aging, and it's aging much more quickly than even the original CV-1 or Rift S, which is kind of surprising to me. The Pico 4 comes in at 1.5%, so Pico getting a little bit of a state. And then the original Oculus headsets, the DK2 has 0.05%. And to the four people out there in Oculus Rift DK1s attached to Steam, 0.01%. Literally the 0.01% club. That's what, one hundredth or one thousandth? Maybe that's of a percent, one hundredth like of a percent. Developers just testing support for something it's, it's probably some something like that it's like a like why would a, you be testing support for an antiquated headset i doubt that no but. it's like i think it's more like a like a some kind of like sdk kind of thing to ensure backwards compatibility or something something like that the only thing because my, my my data sensor are starting to tingle here um <laughs> did they report the total number because the actual what, figure yeah Usually in the Steam stats, you have access to that. I didn't click into it at this stage. Because um, what, what this makes me think of is that we see here a little bit of, um, of a shift of like people who bought a device for a specific purpose, a specific game. Because we know that people bought the Valve Index specifically for, for example, Onward or specifically for shooters, specifically for races, whatever it is. Like, right. And those general purpose headsets, like we saw with the Quest, the... Uh, they're starting to, to drop off a little bit. So this makes me think that maybe it is just the total number of users that has reduced while the people who have bought devices for specific headsets, they keep on playing the game that they bought the headset for. Yeah. And therefore you see, so it's not, it's not really that there's more They're not gaining traction. Now. Exactly. It's that the, the yeah. big ones are losing a little bit of yeah traction, yeah the general purpose headsets are gathering dust is what you're saying and while that's happening yeah. the simmers and all the specific exactly. use case people are poking through that's a really good uh, observation rowdy it'd be interesting to see that over time and see, yeah. I, I i would i bet you're on i bet you're hitting the nail on the head with that I yeah. bet you that's exactly what we're seeing and i, I would also expect to see that u-turn probably over the next six months i would expect quest 3 to sell a lot not as much as Quest 2. I would expect it to be the winner for the Christmas holidays. And then I would expect it to dry up again. Q1, maybe going into Q2 next year. I think we're going to see the same cycle of basically like six months of, hey, I'm into VR. It's a hot thing. Pick it up and then drop it again. It, because it seems to have a short attention span for a lot of people because of that activation energy we were just talking about. So. Yeah, there you go. If no one can see your tears. <laughs> good, <laughs> good in chat. Speaking of tears, let's move into a VR headset that's not for gamers, uh, not for VR experiences, but for work. Rowdy and I have been begging for this for some time, actually. So Visor is a new headset by Immersed, the studio behind, I would love to say, the first Quest Pro leak. Do you remember that video that came out? where it showed um, zoom into the lenses or whatever. It was by Immersed, and it was the first glimpse we saw of Quest 3 after all the Bradley leaks and all of that kind of stuff that had happened. Immersed were one of the teams, and they have a multi-screen kind of remote working uh, software platform uh, that works for remote collaboration. So this is the team taking kind of a page out of um, Big Screen's book, who are you know moving away from software to do a little bit of hardware for themselves. So, do you know those stylish glasses you get after having eye surgery? The big kind of opaque uh, lenses? 
Um, well, these guys are, have designed a headset uh, for work. The idea is rather simple. Take it this glasses form factor, keep it light. I said lighter than your phone, so say 150 grams. Give the user a series of displays. The current app supports five, up to five uh, monitors. Replace the desktop monitors with something akin to what Quest Pro did, but do that with near to no boot up time or software, no app store, just your displays. So it's basically a monitor replacement headset. Uh, if you're interested in this kind of a headset, you can sign up for pre-orders dropping this year at visor.com. Good God, that domain must have cost them an arm and a leg. I know from having specked out freality.com at one point back in the day, right? Having an easy, short uh, URL, it's going to cost you a fortune. At the moment, their website is pretty simple. You go there, you plug your email into a box and submit, and they say, we'll let you know when the thing can be purchased. There aren't many details out. I think they said it's about uh, 4K in each eye. Uh, in terms of what they've got at the moment, a lot of the images that they're showing are really just, I'll call them like prefab models. Um, but the eye gaskets look very, very similar to like a Quest Pro. So a raised interface and all that. Maybe they'll even have kind of light blockers that go with it. But the idea is this headset is for work. It's expected to be a tethered experience, not wireless. Uh, relatively lightweight. You wear it on your head. It has an optional strap. So in addition to the on ears rest, which might get a bit uncomfortable for 150 grams. Also as a band that can connect it at the back. So I'm curious, what do you guys think of this? I, I like the band, but I don't know how I feel about the the glasses part. I mean, I I don't know. I, I think I'd have to see how it looks on my face. Cause like with the Rokid, for example, it still screams kind of like AR glasses, which I, you know, eventually maybe we'll get to the minimal impact of like, it just looks like regular sunglasses or slightly stylish techie sunglasses. But these, uh, even though I, I'm not sure, I'd have to see how they look on my face. Band is cool. Yeah. I, I feel like it almost looks like a protective, like when you're wearing uh, protective goggles, if you're like a dentist or something and you don't want to get that spit, like everyone spit on your face. Like that's what the style reminds me of. So I don't, I don't know. I'd have to see it on real, more real faces versus more, more like a face shield. Yeah, yeah it, it doesn't. It doesn't look particularly stylish to me. My question to you, Adam, just to rebuttal a little bit: um, Does it matter? I mean, if you're working in these, like if you're working in a VR headset or you've got goggles on or whatever, you know, these, these kinds of glasses form factor, does it matter? Do you care? Personally, no, because I probably would only be using it for like travel or at home, um, you know, movie theater entertainment purposes. But I guess if they want to get to the point where you're like in the office or out using it out in public or whatever, then, then yes, that's just not, that's not me, but like, it would be nice yeah. to take a, a good YouTube video where I don't look like a dork sort of wearing these <laughs> glasses, you know, <laughs> I don't know. So maybe again, I'm not sure. I'd, I'd really, I'd have to see it on a real face and not like a mannequin, you know, fancy right. 3d mannequin right. head to see. Well, I, I could imagine Rowdy wearing a, pa a pair of these, but uh, Rowdy, what do you think? What'll take it to get you into working in a headset? I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's a little bit the same issue as I said with gaming earlier, right? Where it's that ease of getting into it. Uh, like with, with me, it's literally just, you know, open the laptop and you're there. Uh, but if, if if it takes too much effort for me to to, you know, get into a work environment, then it doesn't matter that it looks really cool. It's, it's probably fun for like a little while, like maybe a month, two months, but then I'll probably go back to a laptop or a, 
desktop or workstation yeah. or whatever it is because it's you know it's work because you can eat a burger <laughs> grab a drink exactly. flip your laptop screen open bang yeah. away at the keys pay attention when your wife walks in give her you <laughs> have a quick chat you have these things on exactly. your face and all you're looking at is work yeah um so it's interesting and i i had to ask myself the same question it's like what would what would get me into it i i agree with what you're saying there rowdy like that barrier is a lot stronger an inhibitor then I think I first factored, like when I first got into VR, I was like, fucking put things on my head, right? Just do it. Just put me in that world. I want to live in there, whatever. Um, but now because life is so multi-part, like interleaving, I, I definitely have an interest in um, stuff that works more multi-purpose. It's kind of like the Nintendo Switch back in the day where, why did that work? It's because you could just take it with you. You could just walk around. You could switch on toilet if you if you, if you wanted to or in bed. Uh, on the bus, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so then then the look and feel of the device matters to me. I don't normally care, right? I can look like a dork, no problem. I, I can look like a dork on a video, also no problem. But when it's out and about in public and you're like, I just kind of want to look semi-normal and get on with what I'm doing um, and not not worry about it kind of being too me wearing, you know, a Zim wearing a space helmet on the yeah. bus, right? So we also don't want to look like a target of like, ooh, those look expensive and not really like sunglasses. Sure. Like I'm going to, you know, follow this person or maybe find a way they're not paying attention and just yank them off your face and steal them. I don't know. That's other right. thoughts that go through my head sometimes. Like I, I don't want to obviously look like I've got expensive tech on my face. I don't want to be a target <laughs> in public, you know? Yeah, sure. At home, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it doesn't it makes... matter, but or, or or make a, an itchy security guard nervous as you walk into a shopping mall, you know, and he's there like holding his trigger, like, what's this guy about to do? So, yes, great. Um, so that's Pfizer. Anyway, they're, they're, they're coming out. Take a look at them. Um, kind of an interesting thing. We don't yet have a good desktop replacement. The main thing for me is that boot up time. Like Quest used to be super quick. I think, um, and I don't think Rowdy, Rowdy, you weren't there with us in Boston, right? I think that was one you weren't able to come along to. It was just Mike, Nathan, and me. Um, but it used to be like eight seconds to get into Beat Saber. You know, like, so the headset be running or whatever, but like, boom, boom, boom. And Quest today is like, it's like a stacked sandwich. It's just, there's just so much stuff that has to load and boot. And every time I've got to configure my Guardian, it doesn't remember stuff very well. I like the PSVR 2 for that reason. When I throw it on, it's like, it just remembers my room as long as I haven't changed rooms, and I change rooms quite a bit. Um, so, like, ease of use and those first few seconds, that boot-up time really, really, really matters to me uh, because it holds me away from VR. And the faster I can pick it up and drop it, better. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to I that agree. for the working environment. So with that, this is a very good segue. Um, Adam's been sent some wonderful tech. Uh, some of you might have heard of, of this equipment, and I'll let Adam talk about this, but Adam's going to tell us if we can all change our lives by moving over to an augmented lifestyle high I'm expectations what's, well, i have the same here so, what's that experience like I'm, living with uh with ar this is the perfect segue because i i mean this is my first Hate actual no. pair <laughs> <laughs> way 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 this is my first actual pair of ar glasses like owned i mean i've tried some at conventions nice. and stuff but they always put you in the same like enterprise stuff you wouldn't normally do. Like, here's a car, take it apart. I'm like, when am I ever going to do this? This isn't applicable to me. So to actually <laughs> have something that I could do my own stuff with has been really interesting. Um, so like as a basic lowdown, I'll take off the actual light blockers here. This is the Rokid Max, which is available now. Uh, it's pretty new. They're they're all right looking. I, like, I, I think they still look kind of 
AR glasses-y, you know? Like, I think the, Rowdy's like... the Enreal, I think, have, have done a little better when it comes to style. It's I feel like theirs are a bit more flat versus Rokids, which is still kind of pregnant. Chunky. They look like pregnant sunglasses is the way I would describe pregnant them to our sunglasses. audio listeners. <laughs> it kind of looks like an even bigger version of my grandma's glasses. You know what I mean? Like those big, chunky ones that she puts on. Like, but at least they're the sunglasses. Glasses. So it's yeah. a little cooler, yeah. I guess. And you can see through that. So without the... The blockers, the light blockers, um, with the white light blockers. Can you try? Can you put the light blockers on them and stick them on your face? Because I'm curious how this looks. Yeah. Um, because the light blockers are actually bigger than I I thought. And kind of hard with the headphones, but you kind of get the idea. They almost look like a Ray-Ban sunglass. <laughs> like they almost look more normal with the light blockers on, but they look <laughs> like know. a cartoon like size. When I have the the light blockers on, I. It's, it's it's I feel like it's awkward to be in public because I feel like a horse with blinders on. It, I mean I can't see myself, yeah. so I don't know how silly I look. But when I look at pictures of myself, like out like in the car or in public, I feel like a horse with blinders on, and it feels really weird. But those are big. Effective. They I mean they they work well for what <laughs> what they do because I out I've tried these both uh, inside of course and outside just for funsies. Again, I probably wouldn't use it like in a park or anywhere with super bright sunlight um, mm. outdoors, I would probably most likely be a plane or airport or whatever. But um, is that because of the contrast? Like you wouldn't be able to see the virtual screen overlaid on your environment. Just help me a little bit about how the, the setup works. And I thought they were cabled. They're cabled, right? They are. Yes. Or so can you actually run stuff in them with no cable? No, there's no internal battery. So it would run off of whatever okay. you have it cabled to. So I tried it with uh, my phone, my laptop and my switch just for fun. So it's pretty much just USB-C to oh. USB-C. I think if you're an Apple user, you'd be able to use it well. You just need a like an adapter for it. But um, so yeah, as far as the, the brightness, um, if you didn't, with the light blockers on, it's fine. But if you wanted to have like a normal, not blind horse look outside in public, um, uh, the brightness isn't great. Uh, if you're using, you would pretty much need to use something with white mode. Anything that's black or dark, I, it was just too hard to see. Or um, I would do that in combination with sort of looking up at the sky because having it look at anything else was just too busy. So I don't, I don't want to talk. Mm. I don't want to sound like I'm talking down on it because I feel like it's actually a great AR glasses. But with the expectations that you're not going to be just walking around the sidewalk outside or at a park without the light okay. blockers on. I mean, obviously if you had the light blockers on to be dangerous <laughs> while walking, but, um, but it is, but it's, it's more of a sit and use headset, right? So it, uh, r- remind me of some of the basics here. Three off, right? It's not six off. Uh, it has Your three off head... support. Um, okay. For like, if you want to play certain games that they have in their app store that, that has three off support, oh. I don't really, I didn't really like it in three off though, to be honest, because that in combination with, using my phone as the controller just felt stupid, <laughs> but Eight I don't know. If, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's because I'm so used to VR that my standards are a little higher. Like maybe somebody who's, who's never tried it before. I feel like someone who's never tried three off before with the phone and AR glasses would be very confused to be honest on why. What are... do you see? Like, can you, <laughs> so for example, are you, are you seeing your, your whole screen when you tether to your phone? Yeah. Yeah. You can see, well, you can see, um, it's up to you. You can either choose to use, like I have an Android phone, so you can use Samsung yep. Dex, which gives you like a Windows desktop view of your phone, or you can use the Rokit app, and that kind of has its own UI where you can quickly access uh, movies, 
um, different apps they had on this door, or you can choose to use their projector mode, which is, yeah, basically you just see your phone screen uh, in the, in the oh, glasses. Okay. So you got a couple different okay. options there. Um, uh, with the phone, I mostly used it for like productivity and, and movie watching. And uh, I, what I really liked about these glasses, but it's unfortunate, is it does have 3D side by side support. So if you wanted to watch 3D movies, oh. but it has to be the side by side cool. format, not the you know red blue crap. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, very hard to SBS. find. Very hard to find that content? kind of content. Yeah, like it's not easy. Yeah, there's not a lot on YouTube actually. But so how how is it like watching a YouTube video or something? Is it? Um... I'm curious. Can you compare it? I don't know if you've you've got you've used the cinematic mode in PSVR two very much, but could you compare the screen size, the virtual screen size, because you're seeing a large I mean, TV like display in the headset? Comparing it to the PlayStation, the PlayStation feels larger, but you also have you know light blockers on the sides versus the glasses, which you still are going to have some right. light bleed you know from the sides. So I would say the screen still looks pretty clear, with the exception of the like top corners that's where if you're really focusing on like the x on a huh. on a close menu or something it starts for some reason it starts to get a little fuzzy but usually i'm not in the is it like dithering or is it a low resolution like what do you, you describe just, what you see in that respect maybe more like dithering because it's just a little blurrier over there for some reason okay but again i'm not usually looking at the upper far upper right corners of windows anyway so not that big of a deal and only when it's you know obviously horizontal it, when you're looking at your phone screen and it's just vertical it's it, you don't notice it at all um but yeah i also tried it on my switch oh, well i tried different games with it i tried phone games like through the rokid max app they have some their, their store is their store is t pretty terrible um the there's not a lot of games to try for this uh some of them have 3DOF support, but they're very either lacking in content or they just crash when you load them. There was like mm -hmm. a, I think like a scary game called Lost in the Abyss, which was pretty good. That one actually had full movement. So you could kind of do like, you know, the wasp thing on your phone, which is again weird, but at least it tried more than some of the other titles I tried where you're just shooting fish in space for some reason. Um, <laughs> so, and I tried it. So okay. Their app, their software, generally dismissible in terms of use cases, what I'm hearing from you. But when you tether it to other devices, is that one of the main use cases that you're finding yeah. valuable? I mean, or, um, yeah. particularly with my Switch. I mean, I tried it with my laptop just for fun and I oh. ran a, you know Diablo 4 through it just because why not? And interestingly enough though, the reds, uh, it uses, it's an OLED uh, micro, uh, micro LED, sorry. Um, but interestingly enough, the reds really pop because I ran like a, a sorceress uh, build that I was going with the glasses. And for some reason, the red really, really stands out. It almost makes it look like it's 3D, even though I didn't have the 3D mode on. Uh, so that was super cool. My, I will say, though, it makes my husband sick because if you're... Really? Well, because huh. if you're moving your head around and you're using you know your keyboard, his character's... Yeah, and his character's going in one direction, but I don't know if he's got a bobblehead and he's just constantly kind of doing this... <laughs> But so if you're if you're kind of susceptible to uh, motion sickness, if you're the kind of person yeah. that maybe you can't read a book in the car, uh, it probably wouldn't be a pleasant experience for you, I imagine. Um, but maybe the switch might be better because you actually have a handheld uh, controller versus um, 
you know, having to be stuck with the the keyboard in front of you. Because that's what I really liked. I was like, man, I can just, I don't have to worry about holding the thing up to my face while I'm laying down and then maybe dropping it on my face because I've done that a couple times and it's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I want to I want to see a blooper reel of Adam just getting clonking the switch on her head. <laughs> Sweaty hands person. So I, I use That's it. a very good. Yeah. That's a very good use case. So so basically lying, you could be lying straight on, flat on your back. Uh, with the glasses on, switch kind of down comfortably wherever near your lap or whatever, and, you know, just playing away. Um, but you can see everything in, in, ahead of you. So is this very much a kind of sit down indoors and chill to game use case? I would say yes. And I would say, um, again, movies would, I mean, not movies, uh, games would be dependent on your level of VRC legs or... Uh you know, car sickness, uh, mm. but, but movies I, is probably going to be the movies and productivity is going to be the, probably the main use case. Cause what I did, I feel like Jose, I was so proud. I connected this to my phone, this little guy, I don't have all of the little guys with me, but this to my phone. Uh, and then I added a Bluetooth keyboard and I could pretty much just have a little like portable workstation. Oh, and I, and I like a power bank, of course. Because what they they give oh. you a um, well they don't give you but it's a optional accessory you can get a little hub so you would plug this into your phone so you could charge it and have the glasses uh, plugged into the same time so you don't have to worry about you know your phone dying but um, I think that's my favorite use case like I can see myself on a plane huh. just being able to it's it's a lighter not lighter um, I guess lighter footprint if that makes sense than bringing like a laptop so if you for some reason were really really you just can't bring, space. yeah. You can't bring a lot of stuff. You could easily get stuff done with just lightweight Bluetooth keyboard. This power bank. So run down, run down the uh, the uh, build order then. So you've got the glasses themselves, which are what six hundred dollars. Uh, it's on sale right now. So yeah, normally it's it's six hundred, but right now they're four hundred thirty nine. I don't know if that's like okay. a fake sale though. You know, how sometimes companies will be like it's on sale, but it never seems to not be on sale. So we'll it's see. like out of stock. Yeah, yes. exactly. Um, and that's for... <laughs> that's the other kind of fake sale, yeah. yeah. And that's for just the glasses. Um, well, okay. the glasses, the case, and the cable, but they've got other bundles. Bluetooth keyboard. Let me see that uh, case. That case looks massive. It's that, not that bad. Okay, it's not too no. bad. And it's, it looks like a Bluetooth speaker. Well, what I like is it's got a little compartment it. in it, so you can put like the cables and any crap you need. So you just put that in there, smash it down, and then you can put the just the glasses on top. So it's actually handy for what it can hold. Um, that, could, that could almost fit into a shoe or something. Take up some of the negative space if you were packing for a business trip or something. That's neat. Like how big are your shoes? That's Probably not my shoes. Maybe like a, yeah, maybe a man's <laughs> shoe. I guess a man's, man's shoe. boot. Yeah. Well, Sue's been bitten by a spider. Like the smallest <laughs> feet at twice the size. <laughs> Don't even joke, man. My, my, my foot does, yeah, it hasn't fit into my proper shoes for a while. So. But, but yeah, as someone who oh, was geez. very skeptical about why would I need this? I don't understand because I maybe hadn't had the proper experiences. It is pretty cool. I, I do travel a lot or at least a decent amount, maybe like four, four-ish times a year. Um, and I can definitely see myself because I actually had this, not a problem, but I, on a plane flight recently, I was sitting next to a little kid and I was kind of worried to take my switch out because I'm like, oh, great. Now this kid's just going to be looking over my shoulder for this 10 hour flight. Uh, now I don't have to worry about it. See a kid. Just, and then I can still play my games and watch my movies and I have to worry about, you know, people looking over your shoulders. Not that I don't watch, not that I watch anything inappropriate on a plane, but 
you, I guess you could now. If you I totally would. That, that feels God. like a superpower. That feels like a superpower. You just get to watch whatever you want and you're just on mm -hmm. a flight. It's great. But the, the, the actual, the, the working use case to me, I didn't think that was going to be possible. So um, can you explain a little bit more? So Android phone, Bluetooth keyboard, power a bank. little adapter to keep your power bank, to keep your phone going. Mm -hmm. um, Bluetooth keyboard doesn't need any battery at all. So that'll just hum away. Um, and then glasses on your face and your USB-C tethered to your phone. Um, what kind of, can you create, you know, a, a PDF document or something like that? Can you, like, what would you be doing? Or working in like a Google Docs? Like, how, how would you do that cut off from the net? Well, Let's assume the plane doesn't have Wi-Fi or anything like that. I mean, for me, like a lot of what, what I do personally is like marketing related. So maybe I want to, like, if you're, Anything, yeah, anything you can do offline. If you do create PDFs or um, I usually documents. get some sort of yeah. Wi-Fi. So I probably, it probably wouldn't be a use case where I wouldn't have internet if I needed this. But, um, but yeah, anything like content planning, uh, like Canva, the app I used to make all the thumbnails and stuff. I'd probably do stuff like that. Yep. Anything you can pretty much do on your phone. Now you just have a bigger screen to be able to see. Because that's one thing I hate is you know, having my tiny phone up and then, especially if, if uh, the brightness on my right. phone for some reason is crap. And so it's, it stays dark. Like most of the time, I think that's a me problem, but so I, I can see it being really, really valuable for those times where I'm like, I'm behind on uh, maybe like a panel speech or something. I need to write something that's literally for the next yeah. day because <laughs> I'm a procrastinator. Right. And that's what this looks like to me. It looks like a, a, a very travel pro thing that you could do on a train. It's, it's, it's keeping what you need to see for your eyes only, which is a pro. Um, the, the downside to this, I would say is let's say you want to enjoy a 3d movie or something. It's very much a for me device. You can't share it with your partner or friend or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, and it's just hard finding I content even because I struggled. I, yeah, right. you can go to YouTube, but the, the quality there, like it's 3d, but but the resolution's so bad <laughs> from what I've found. But, so, but that's side by side. How how's the resolution just for you know watching a 1080p or a oh, 4K fine. video? Like yeah, for normal it, video, but, normal non 3D. Okay, because I'm I'm kind of picky with that stuff, and like PSVR two is just on the edge for me. Like there's enough of that um, Moira graininess that I'm like, I'll accept it but we're not yet there where I want it to be. And I feel like this device, the way you've described it for me is it's, it's maybe a version or two versions away from being something I would purchase, you know, like I don't mind it. it once there is a use, uh, a use case. And I think the use case is there. Once the technology catches up with the use case, 400 to $600, I'd, I'd pay it. Um, if for example, I could work in that mm -hmm. or work in that. And like you described, right. Do that. But, off my phone as if I had my laptop, yeah. but not have my laptop with me. What's interesting is I yeah, see people, cool. you know, post about, uh, oh, you know, using your quest on the plane or using your, and I'm like, why? Like AR glasses are just so more, so much more convenient to do these tasks. Like yeah. you don't have to use a VR headset in public spaces. Like, I, I mean, yeah, again, they're not like the most attractive looking yet, but at least you, you have some view of like, what if someone's trying to get your attention or, you know, you're running late to a flight and it's just, I don't know. I don't know why you'd want to use a headset 
on the plane when you've got glasses. Why? It works. Headsets these days don't work very well on planes. I mean, the the like old Oculus Go worked very well because it wasn't sensitive to cabin motion. Uh, but I can tell you, Quest 2 is not a happy companion on most flights. And it's so big. Uh, you know, you have to kind of like get out of your seat and load it from your bag or remember to store it near your feet. And that's taking most of your foot and space. So barrier to entry. Yeah, like, yeah, that's another reason. This is just plug and play. So when you were talking about barrier to entry, I'm like, this is actually really good for that because it's just plug and play. I mean, maybe there might be one or two steps after, depending on like how you want to view the uh, I'm out. display. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Sorry, you have options, but no, it's 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 super easy, and that's what I think. Going coming from VR, going into AR, I was like, why isn't it just easier in VR? Like this is so stupid easy. Just all right. So I'll put you on the spot here, Adam. Uh -huh. Given this is a review, after all, um, at that price of four hundred and thirty-nine or whatever it is now, should people buy it? What's what are your thoughts? I would say if you are, if you've been looking at getting AR glasses and you do travel a lot and you, uh, maybe you are looking for a solution to be able to work on the go, then yes. Otherwise, unless you're, well, and if you're like a big movie buff, otherwise there's not too much else you're going to be able to do with it. Like if you're hoping to be able to play games with this thing, I mean, you can, but it's kind of like why... I wouldn't spend, you know, 440 bucks just for the game factor. It'd be, you would need to get these for a combination of reasons. And, you know, obviously, if you're looking to use these outside for some reason, probably there might be uh, AR glasses that have higher nits that can do that. But I don't think these are it, unless you wear the light blockers, which I would probably be pretty dangerous outside, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> sit, sit in a park blind to what's going on around you. It's the equivalent of having a VR headset on in a park, isn't well, it? Well, I mean, so. at least you do have kind of the back peripherals, but yeah, you're still, you can't see like straight ahead. So you have to hope that the person coming at you is like coming from this angle or like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the back. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I think we're getting closer to like, I would get it for this price, not for 600. I get maybe if that, if that yeah. makes sense. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just had, I was so skeptical of these. I was like, oh man, I hope I don't have to do like a really bad review. Cause again, as a disclaimer, I did get sent these for free. Uh, and so I was like, oh man, it may not, it may not go well, but I'm pleasantly surprised. I'm very pleased. And, uh, last thing too, is the audio quality was actually not bad, kind of comparable to the quest, but maybe a little better. Cause they're actually closer to your ears versus kind of like floating over your head a little bit. But, um, it's sound bar audio then. Just coming They've got, out of a couple of holes. There's like, yeah, two little, where is it? Two little notches. I don't know if you can even see them on the, the bottom, yeah. on the bands on each side. So we can get surround. Um, but yeah, I'll also, anything that I didn't go over today or any questions and stuff, I'm <laughs> I'm working on getting a video out that hopefully Another will be up by next good week. question I saw in chat mm -hmm. was, uh, if you're a glasses wearer, <laughs> does this work? Can you do glasses on glasses? They have a diopter adjustments on the left and right eye so you can individually oh. uh, sorry it's blurry super blurry but yeah there's uh knobs on both sides so you can be able to adjust that for you know nearsighted people um and there's also there's also like a a manual ipd thing in the app itself but i i feel i found that the oh. diopter the the scroll adjusty wheels very scientific terms here um did well enough and i, I mean i don't use glasses but 
I had my my dad try these, and he was able to get them where he didn't need his glasses on to try them. That's good. I don't think a lot of That's AR great. glasses have that either, being able to manually adjust it like that. It sounds like a pretty well-rounded product. As I said, it feels like we're just maybe a version or two away from me really wanting to pick one up and then using it. Because I've got use cases for that. So very, very curious about it. Thank you for the uh, review, Adam. Any other weird things about the device that, or w strange uh, uses that you found that you weren't expecting? Not strange. Again, just I really wish the actual Rokit app itself had more experiences tailored to the glasses. Like, I feel like that's where Enreal shines because i was kind of looking at some of their stuff and i'm like oh man i wish roket had this uh like some sort some of their in uh you know like even being able to record your first person view i think enreal has something like that in their app um just quality control <laughs> for the the apps and the games you can play because i feel like there's a lot of potential there but it's just it's not there yet it's, it's very sparse and very low low quality <laughs> but otherwise yeah for Hardware itself is pretty good. I like it. Okay. Well, very good. I think I will uh, go ahead and use that juncture. We obviously lost Jose there, <laughs> middle of the uh, middle of the podcast. He's been so we'll me. go ahead and we'll skip we'll skip releases for now. That's all right. If there's anything we need to roll over into the next show, um, I'm sure we can do that as well. If you'd like to get a jab in before the end of this boxing match, now's your time, champ. Uh, so go ahead and do that in chat if you want to get something off your chest. Uh, otherwise, I'm going to guillotine this spicy sausage and reflect on our regular show times. Uh, this is the F Reality Podcast, and we run fortnightly. It's a fortnightly show. That's every two weeks, every other Saturday on YouTube and Twitch. The live broadcast begins at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, and 6 p.m. in the United Kingdom. For our audio listeners, they get to enjoy a three-layer sponge cake of Spotify, SoundCloud, and a uh, iTunes whipped cream on the top. As an ode to Death Stranding, which I've been enjoying in my PSVR 2 big screen display, I will remind you that likers get liked and comments get commented. So leave us some love and we'll return with warm, hearty hugs or titanium baseball bats of affection. Now, uh, take a look at chat for me, and while that's happening, I am going to import the newest member of my family. For those of you who've managed through to this point, I'm going to show you off the river. <laughs> oh, here we go. Hello. This is our little pup. Oh. Who's joining me for the show today. Oh, my God. She's only it looks four a lot like a dad. Yes. Just, I love the, uh, the vacant <laughs> stare of just, like, a thousand yards. The vacant stare. <laughs> Why am I right, here? So, say something. Say something for the podcaster. No. All right. Well, that's oh, that's River. I thought I would <laughs> give you a puppy as a uh, uh, as a consolation prize for those who managed to stick around. Sorry, Jose, you don't get any puppy. Let's <laughs> get from bad internet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he'll get it another week. Um, anything here in chat before we finish up? I think that uh, someone said, "Do they have a bone conduction version?" No, that's a really good i uh, good question. I just tried a friend of mine's bone conduction headset, and that's actually really neat because it saves your eardrums, right? You're able to just skip the skip the route and go straight to the uh, to the phones and all that. It was good. I wasn't going to show another baby, Chris. Don't worry. No more babies in my family. <laughs> um, all right. That looks good. Diopter. Diopter only for short-sighted, so no use if glasses due to age. Okay. I didn't know that. That's, that's good to know. Uh, thank you, Vern. 
with that, that's the end of our show. Thanks for watching. We'll see you on another Looney Tunes episode next for Reality Podcast. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.